And here it is, part two of episode 101. There's already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, and we the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. A pinch of salt and laughter too A scoop of kids to add the spice A dash of love to make it nice And you've got too many cooks 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 It takes a lot to make a stew When it comes to me Too many cooks. Speaking of too many cooks, that is why Jake cannot be here for the rest of the episode. I kind of cut him off when Dave came in. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, too many cooks going on there at uh, fucking uh, his job and shit. He's got managers and district managers and all this shit coming in from out of town tomorrow early, and they change his shift up. So that's why he's got to leave early. He's got to get to bed early and make it to work and shit. <laughs> but Dave... Dave is fucking here. We've got domesticated motherfucking Dave in the fucking house. Oh yeah. You've got big some big shoes to fill. Hey, earlier we talked, and I want you to get a chance to talk about it. We talked a little bit earlier about uh, Roddy Roddy Piper and uh, the unfortunate passing and like what it meant to us. And I wanted you to be able to uh, speak your mind about Roddy Roddy Piper. Don't cry again. We heard enough of that shit last week. <laughs> I'll try to control myself. <laughs> Number three in your hearts and minds. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what else to add. Uh, I know these guys love the old school wrestling as much as I do, and uh, I'm I've I've been uh, touched by the the outpouring of love uh, from like the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he played the maniac. Mm-hmm. And, um, Absolutely, all, some of the best episodes with Piper in there. I, I loved it, man. Yep. Um, there's just been Twitter, just all kinds of different um, productions that were put out in reference in memoriam. Uh, I, I, I saw a couple, uh, uh, captured video from the WWE house show last night that they premiered their, their first tribute video for him. I'm Uh, not, I'm not pissing as you're talking about this. (laughs) I'm just pouring another drink cheap. (laughs) Well, it's just one of those that, uh. I, you know these these guys live incredibly hard lives, and this will not be the last one that we have to experience. So support these guys while they're while they're still around. Uh, if if they come to town, go see them, show them some love because you don't know if you'll get a chance to do it again. Absolutely, man. 
All right, uh, we're going to move on right now. Glad to, you brought me in on such a happy note. Boy, uh, dude, I talked about, no, earlier I talked about me fucking attempting suicide. Yeah. So, yeah, welcome Good to the episode. Christ. Yeah. yeah, that's nothing. I'm kind of nervous. I don't have my notebook with me. So, uh, <laughs> well, Jake's oh, not shit. here for you to interrupt thank an God, intro. No, so. thank God you're getting a fucking comic book corner this week or else, or else I'd hear about that fucking bullshit. <laughs> no note sharing either. <laughs> Guys, it's time now for Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. I wanted to talk about two movies that I saw recently real quick before I let you guys jump into your Good Pop, Bad Pop. Uh, I wanted to talk first about uh, Southpaw. Has anybody else had a chance to see Southpaw? Not yet. No. Nope. Southpaw, directed by Antron Fuqua, one of my favorite directors, man. Fucking killed it with Equalizer. Mm, Equalizer, good. Fucking killed it with Training Day. Mm. Antoine Fuqua, one of my favorite fucking directors. Uh, This movie stars Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Rachel McAdams, Forrest Whitaker, and 50 Cent. Yeah. Uh, It's about boxer Billy Hope. Uh, I don't know. Not digging that name, number one. Great White Hope, and then you (laughs) name your fucking boxer Hope. Yeah. (laughs) Bullshit. And... (laughs) It's about boxer Billy Hope. He turns to trainer Tick Willis to help him get his life back on track after losing his wife in a tragic accident after his daughter to child protection, uh, losing his daughter to uh, child protection services. Um, You don't get that from the trailers. And that's one thing that I did appreciate about this movie is that they didn't give that away in the trailer. So... Going in, hey Dave, you know, get or god damn it, you and your fucking organizational <laughs> skills are fucking bullshit, and they always happen during the fucking episode. Like, I'm trying to fucking talk about the softball movie, you're fucking diddling over there, whatever the fuck you're doing. Just settle the fuck in and fucking listen to me talk about Southpaw, okay? I don't know what the fuck you got going on over there, but knock it the fuck off. Like, I want to like you. But you make it fucking difficult. You're acting like it's time for Comic Book Corner right now. And it's not. So fucking listen up. Or you know what Southpaw means? It means he fucking fights with his left. Okay? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock you out with a little. (laughs) I'm gonna give you a fucking left handed cross right now if you don't fucking just knock it the fuck off. Okay? Alright. (laughs) Alright. Listen up. I'm talking about Southpaw. (laughs) Jesus fuck. Anyway, talk. Talking about Southpaw. Let me reiterate. Okay. I'm a big fan of Anton Fuqua. And guys, unfortunately, I got to toss this movie. What? It's it's a very clunky movie as far as like uh, some of the the plot that they set up in this movie. It really doesn't pay off. It's like they explore different parts of this character and they never really kind of capitalize on it later on in the film. Um you know, I, there, there's scenes where, like, he's in the bar and he's talking to Forrest Whitaker's character, Tick Willis, and Tick Willis, like, you know, hits him with, like, this question, like, you know, like, uh, you know, this is your life and this is what you're doing, and he fucking gets pissed off and, like, walks out of the bar all pissed off, storming mad, and comes back in, and, like, they never really kind of finish, like, what made him leave in the first place and got him riled up, hmm. and... 
there, there, there's, it's just very clunky and they explore a lot of different things like with boxers and things like that about like how they, uh, spend their money recklessly and they lose their money and they lose everything that's really close to them. But you never really kind of connect with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, Forrest Whitaker, this is like, he gives like everything in every performance, but it's the writing of his character that's awful. Uh, 50 Cent on the flip side, like, He's given, like, I guess, decent fucking lines, but he doesn't perform well. Hmm. 50 Cent, I'm just not buying him as, like, this. He's He basically plays, like, like, like the Don King of the character. Uh, oh. The Don King of the movie, like, the big boxing promoter. Right. And uh, Ironic that he'd be the money guy. Yeah. yeah. Sounds- after after, <laughs> after uh, claiming bankruptcy. <laughs> he'd totally be the what guy to, you know, associate with the dude who went broke. So it was uh was it leading up to a big comeback fight? Yeah, it okay, was. Okay, the the previews I saw, mm-hmm. the gentleman who he was fighting against yeah. is an actor from The Strain. Mm-hmm. He uh was was his character good? His character at the beginning of the movie, like you got a sense of like it's really weird because he was like he he wanted to he was kind of like the clubber Lang and wanted to piss Jake Gyllenhaal's character off so that he could get him into the ring so he could beat him because he wanted a shot at the title. And it was like he felt like, oh, he's just fighting a bunch of nobodies. He's keeping his title and fighting a bunch of nobodies. Well, I'm going to fucking piss him off in press conferences to get his attention so that he wants to fight me. And basically, like, what happens is, like, he does that very thing and then something happens – to where I don't want to spoil it. Um, he does something to Jake Gyllenhaal's character that changes his life forever outside of the ring, and then kind of like he feels bad about it. He actually like you feel like this character like oh my god this guy actually feels bad about what he did to Jake Gyllenhaal. Then later in the movie, as they're boxing because it's inevitable that they're going to fight, they do fight. And then while they're like the boxers are like hugging and resting on each other, he mentions what he does to him earlier in the film, like he has no remorse. And I'm like, that makes no sense. Hmm. Like I, it was just, it was weird. It was really weird. I, I got to toss this movie. It was clunky. Nothing really. There's a lot of different plot and themes going on. Jake Gyllenhaal was. Decent in this, it he wasn't like he was Detective Loki in Prisoners. Yeah, he wasn't as good as he was in Nightcrawler. Um, I can understand him wanting to do an Anton Fuqua movie because this guy makes really good R-rated movies, and I, I respect him as a director for doing like in a summer blockbuster, you know, theme where like uh, everything is everybody's making like uh, PG thirteen movies and trying to get like audiences. He's like, fuck it, I'm gonna do I'm gonna keep with these R rated movies yeah. that do really well. This is just very clunky and the story's not that good and I never really get a sense of like why I'm rooting for this character or why I should be rooting for this so character. So you needed more like Brokeback Mountain Jake Gyllenhaal and less bubble boy Jake Gyllenhaal? I didn't get Bubble Boy Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie at all. Um, <laughs> Forgot about that one. The one th- I, I wouldn't compare this character to either of those. Um, 
I just think that it, it, I think that he did the best job he could with the character that he was given. I just don't think that I, I personally, when I watch a boxing movie, I like the rise of the character. This showed us the they showed us a character at his height. They showed us his fall, and then they showed us his rise again. For some reason, it didn't work for me. Yeah, uh, just hearing you describe it, it sounds like it would be good. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it would be good. I guess you just have to watch it for yourself and make your own judgment. Because I've heard other people say that they loved this movie. They Mm -hmm. really liked it. Honestly. um, Were those people wearing Affliction um, (laughs) t-shirts? Quite possibly. But honestly, I think some of the, the, the... some of the boxing in the final match is really cool. Like they show you like the boxer's point of view. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, wow, if they keep up with this, this is really kind of cool. It's kind of like jarring and shit. Like, wow, that's what it really feels like maybe to be a boxer and shit. I'm getting to watch it from their point of view. Like, and I'm not saying like that's revolutionary that Rocky didn't do that because they did. Yeah. But it was still <clears> cool. <throat> I'm just saying like this was not the best Antoine Fuqua movie that I don't think he's really made for doing boxing movies or sports movies, kind of stay away from it. Let's get back to the other shit that you were doing earlier. I respect him for doing an R-rated boxing movie. That's cool. Uh, it was a, I think Rachel McAdams is great in it though. I'm not a big Rachel McAdams fan and I think that she was awesome in this. I do Tupperware her performance, but overall the movie, I got to toss it and that's unfortunate. Yeah. Cause I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I love Antoine Fuqua. And Dave, I gave you shit about the fucking Creed fucking trailer. And it was because of this movie. Because I saw the trailer for this. And I was like, this movie's going to fucking kill that movie. And now I'm looking more forward to the Creed fucking movie Hmm. after seeing this film. And that's unfortunate because I love Antoine Fuqua. So I'm tossing that. Hmm. Uh, Second movie I'm going to talk about is Love and Mercy. Have you guys seen the trailers for Love and Mercy? Love and Mercy is starring Paul Dano and John Cusack as Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I know about this. I have been following this since like pre-production and throughout production. This is a movie that I've really kept uh, kept up with. And uh, the synopsis – I'm sorry. It also stars – okay. Yeah, Paul Dano plays young Brian Wilson. Okay. John Cusack plays older Brian Wilson. Right. Um, it stars also Paul, uh, Paul Giamatti. Nice. And then uh, Elizabeth Banks. Um, Elizabeth Banks surprisingly amazing in this movie. You know what I mean? Who did she play? Uh, she plays like the, the girlfriend and eventual wife of Brian Wilson. Okay. Wow. Um, and the synopsis for this one, Brian Wilson is the creative soul of the Beach Boys, but he paid a heavy price for his talent. That especially shows during his peak artistic years in the 1960s as his inner demons and obsessions trying to please his abusive father drive him to a mental breakdown that would plague him for years. In the 1980s, with Brian barely functional under the domination of the unscrupulous Dr. Landy, Brian meets and falls in love with Melinda Ledbetter, and that's played by Elizabeth Banks. As their relationship grows, she observes Brian's crippling subservience to the abusive psychotherapist with growing alarm. Ultimately, she must take action with a loving willing to stand up to the oppression she cannot ignore. I am giving this a Tupperware. Wow. This movie is so damn good. It's awesome. And, and um, I, I got to I gotta give it up for both Paul Dano and John Cusack in this movie. Um, 
they act so much like each other. They are both Brian Wilson in this movie. It wouldn't work if they didn't do it. And it's like, oh, can you buy a young Paul Dano and John Cusack playing the same character? Yes, you can. After fucking watching this, going in, being like skeptical, like, fuck, dude. It's not, it's not like they look exactly alike. Right. Mm. But like watching this movie, I am buying that Paul Dano is the Brian Wilson from the '60s. John Cusack is as uh, Brian Wilson from the uh, '80s. Hmm. Uh, it explores uh, Brian Wilson's uh, relationship with his brothers and the Beach Boys. They t- it's so cool. They talk about like how they are wanting to stand out above fucking um, the Beatles. They you know they talk about how like intimidated they are by John Lennon. Yeah. And to hear them – and also, dude, I'm not a musician. I'm not Im- musically inclined at all. Like I tried to play the saxophone in grade school. It <laughs> sucked. I'm not musically inclined at all. I fucking suck at music. I can't sing a fucking lick. And watching how this movie shows how Brian Wilson's mind worked when he was making a song and writing a song and working with other musicians – it was like I was watching like Michael Jordan set up a screen in basketball. He was at the top of his game. He knew everybody where they needed to come in on the song. He had the song in his mind the way it should sound. And he was not going to stop until it sounded that way in rehearsal until they got it. Until they knew what was going on in his head. Yeah. Hmm. And it was just amazing to see them put this into the film. Also, the psychological abuse that this guy went through. Yeah. I had no idea that this guy went through this in his life. I had no the idea. The Beach Boys. Yeah. The Beach Boys. Yeah. I had no idea that this guy had such psychological torment going on through the 60s and then and in the 80s. He basically had handlers, and these handlers were not looking after his best interests. They were abusing him. They were abusing this guy. He was mentally abused, and he was basically being held captive and being forced to write songs that were going to make money. And he was not able to have outside relationships, and they had him on the wrong medications. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, they, they they misdiagnosed him, and this guy went through hell. And he finally met Melinda Ledbetter, somebody that actually cared for him and loved him. This movie is phenomenal. It shows you throughout a 25-year period in his life. At the end of the movie, they show you the real Brian Wilson, of course, from the Beach Boys, ending a performance and then bringing people out on the stage like his wife and people that mean a lot to him in his life. This is a Tupperware. Absolutely. When this movie comes out, it's, it's it still might be out in theaters. I just saw it last week. Okay. If you can find it in theaters, I highly recommend that you watch Love and Mercy. It It is uh, this movie and Ex Machina are the two best movies I've seen all year. Damn, son. <laughs> so, Love and Mercy, Tupperware the fuck out of this one. I'm, wow. This might get mentioned at the, uh, the Tupperwares at the end of the year. Holy shit. It's that damn good. I'm totally blown away that you had interest in this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't know. Like, this this is a huge story in, in, in rock history. Mm-hmm. Brian Wilson, I mean, he, you know, he... <laughs> he basically went schizophrenic for the most part. And I don't know if that was the misdiagnosis. No, that's or not. the misdiagnosis. Is it? Okay. That's the misdiagnosis. <clears throat> like he couldn't leave mm-hmm. his house. He, he had a sandbox put yeah. in his house cause he couldn't 
That that's true. Yeah, that's he, absolutely true. His parents were fucking tyrants. Uh, his his oh, dad, they, especially. Yes, they explore the relationship between him and his father, and yeah. it is heart wrenching. Yeah, is that Giamatti or is Giamatti the therapist? Giamatti's the therapist. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Oh my god. And it's like all the things start to come together for uh, Melinda Ledbetter at the at the cookout scene. When uh, he's basically telling Giamatti that, you know, he's hungry and he wants a burger. And Giamatti, like, asserts his authority. Oh, you're not hungry. You're not hungry. You can wait. Hmm. And he's being abused. And it's like, while you're watching the movie, you're thinking to yourself, is this guy, is this, is this guy really looking out for him? Or is this, is this necessary? Why is he talking to him like this? What's going on? And, uh. Oh my God! It's like uh, it's amazing. I'm just. It, it, it's almost like uh, some kind of like crazy prayer was answered that he ran into Melinda Ledbetter. She was just a uh, a Cadillac salesman, and he was buying a car, and he happened to bump into her at a wow. at a Cadillac dealership. And uh, this woman like saved his life, and and she's like, I guess. You have to watch this fucking movie. It's so fucking good. I will. I can't believe how good this fucking movie is. I'm it's, totally surprised. I'm yeah. totally surprised you even watched this. Like it was on your radar. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, okay, okay. What am I? What am I going to see? Am I going to go see? Uh, am I going to go out of my way to fucking see Pixels? Hey, Frank, <laughs> are you going to give us a review about Pickles? Pixels soon? Pickles. Yeah. Pickles. yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Like, but I, I love that you. I love that you are. In, I love that you watch this. It's amazing, man. Fuck. Yeah. No. You, when you think of me, you wouldn't think like, oh, Brian's going to go out of his way to see this fucking Beach Boys, Beach Boys movie. movie. Yeah. And uh, I Tupperware the fuck out of this film. It is absolutely fuck. phenomenal. Well, I got to go see it tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if it's playing around here, see it. I okay. mean, guys, go to Fandango on – go to the app on your phone and see if uh, Love and Mercy is playing somewhere. You will not be disappointed. It is, it is really damn good. All your modern music comes from the Beach Boys. So if you like modern music, you should probably check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. We grew up with a lot of that and, stuff. And you learn that all the talent in that fucking band yeah. was Brian Wilson. Yeah. It's all Brian they Wilson. They basically stabbed him in the back as far as I understood. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, moving on with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Who wants to talk about their Good Pop, Bad Pop next? I mentioned Pixels, so I'm looking at you, Frank. Talk to me, Chief. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I seen this movie. So what do you talk, uh, talk to me about Pixels. I mean, this is right up your alley. You're a big video game fan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have been for a long time, too. And uh, th- this is, of course, starring Adam Sandler and Kevin James. And Kevin Peter- James, I hear, plays yeah. the president in this yeah. movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, WTF? Yeah, All I right. just said it. I, I mean, said WTF, yeah. but fuck off. I mean, th- th- this really isn't going to be like real big surprising or like anything like that. But, I mean, I- I'm just going to say Kevin James. Are you going to say it's better than Love and Mercy? No. Mm. Okay. Kevin James is Paul Blart, United States president. Oh, brother. It's fucking ridiculous. Okay, I'm just going to get this out of the way. I fucking toss this goddamn piece of shit. I toss it. Uh, whereas, like, with Wreck-It Ralph, you know, you, you get some throwback characters, and they actually make a real good entertaining video game movie. Mm-hmm. This is formulaic Adam Sandler excrement as okay. of late. Okay, so this the, or, the origin of this movie started from a short film. Okay. Okay, there was a short film, and I think the guy who did the short film was actually an executive producer on this movie. And the short film like got rave reviews. They're like, "Oh, this is awesome!" So, of course, let's make this into a full feature yeah. film. 
How can we fuck that up? <laughs> they did. How they can did. we fuck up a good thing? They did. Well, well, we can add Adam Sandler into the mix and then yeah. have his buddy Kevin James come along for the ride. Pretty much. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, everything with Adam Sandler is just cookie cutter like what several of his last movies have been. Mm-hmm. He comes into contact with some insanely hot chick and then, you know, somehow pieces together a relationship when the movie isn't about them at all. And then uh, Peter Dinklage who I would have hoped was going to be like a shining moment in this film right. for me. No. Uh, what he is portraying is a like a sleazier version of Billy Mitchell, who, uh, if you don't recognize that name, is the King of Kong. King of Kong. Yeah. and yep. it, Just full of quarters. Yep. And this is exactly like who he's supposed to be because he ends up beating Adam Sandler's character within the first couple of minutes in 1982 at a championship at Donkey Kong. Oh, God. And then, uh, so, like, the whole premise of the movie is based on there was You know what's funny? Have you ever watched, uh, you've watched Fistful of Quarters, yeah. right? Yeah, uh-huh. It's uh, years later. A fucking like uh, I think it's like an Asian dude fucking destroys both of them. Oh yeah, no shit. <laughs> yes, yeah, because the uh, the other guy's name was like Peter Weeby or something. Uh, yeah, uh, Weeby. Weeby. I I, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but uh, it's a I great mean, documentary. It really though. is. It's I, that, really good. That is a tupper where I yes. would rather watch that five times in a row. Beyond Absolutely, this. yeah. So, if you haven't seen King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters, watch it. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. It's really good. I've got. Um, I own it on DVD. If you guys want to watch, check it. it out. I'm really concerned about Dinklage's. Uh, you know, role choices, not because of Days of Future Past, but I've watched uh, yes. Nights of Badassdom, and that was fucking terrible too. Right. So, uh, yeah, you got Adam Sandler basically playing the same character that he has for the past 10 years in movies like Grown Ups, mm. and then Kevin James doing the fucking stupid ass Paul Blart, well, let me wear a fucking bucket of chicken helmet <laughs> shit as the president of the goddamn United States. <laughs> The whole movie starts off in this 1982 tournament, right. and they videotape it and then send it off into space for a time capsule. God knows fucking why. Mm. And then what it is is aliens fucking watch it and think that it's a declaration Basically, of Basically, it's just convenient to the movie's plot. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then – but like, okay, so I know we've – like tease me before about like continuity shit about like mm. how Barbara Gordon drinks her fucking coffee. But the big fucking problem with me, the big fucking problem with me in this movie is, I mean, I know my game shit and they're fucking spewing out like, okay, this was done in 1982. Yeah. So we've got, you know, representations of Cubert, which is fine. Cause that came out in 82 yeah. and then Donkey Kong, which came out in 81, right. but they got the fucking duck hunt dog that didn't come out in 19 until 1984. <clears throat> Max Hedrum, which is the same fucking thing, 1984. Like, did right. nobody fucking even bother to visit Wikipedia at all to even half-ass check this shit? Like, oh, okay, let's no. just stick some 1980s tropes in here and make it funny. <laughs> They're insulting their audience. The big time. Yeah. And that was fucking ridiculous. And Peter Dinklage's fucking portrayal, I mean, it was just a horrible performance. It was mm. just awful. I mean, it wasn't even like, I mean, you could tell who they were trying to make fun of. My but question. it wasn't entertaining. Okay. Action scenes and like I've seen like the centipede. I've seen uh, what else? Is there Space Invaders and Tetris? Uh, they have a Tetris part, and then there's the, a real big uh, and Pac-Man you d- part. I'm guessing that you didn't see this in 3D. You've got a big problem right. with 3D. Yeah, I saw it in 2D. I've heard this is like like it looks amazing in 3D, and that's I've heard that from listeners. It's, I mean, honestly, in 2D it looks okay, but yeah. like how they try to fucking do this shit, and some of it makes no sense. Okay, like with the uh, centipede stuff, they got them running around with. Like fucking Gatling blaster guns that they somehow cooked up to fight these things. Mm. But I mean, beyond that, honestly, I mean, 
the, if I had to sum, summarize this movie in, in one sentence, I would say that Adam Sandler got drunk off his ass, got food poisoning, and took a shit, and Pixels came out. There you go. <laughs> Damn. It, wow. It, it That's a toss it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That it was fucking awful. And we, do, we do give you permission to use that on the DVD cover. If you want to credit Frank. <laughs> Frank Hammer. Pixelated shit. You know, honestly, I think more people would actually pick up the fucking Blu-ray. If, I think uh, they would. If, <laughs> if they actually said that on the cover. Yeah. But, I mean, even being a video game fan, there ain't, there is no saving grace to this shit whatsoever. My 10-year-old liked it, but I, I, I can't imagine why. I had to fake like, like yeah, yeah, it was good. Buddy, was it sure. rated PG or PG thirteen? PG thirteen. Okay, really? It's, yeah. Wow. There, there's some stuff that's a little out there, like Peter Dinklage's character, what he wants. He, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did he or did he not dress up like Mario and hold a hammer? <laughs> no. There, wow, no, he didn't Are you do that. Serious, no, no, he didn't do that. But oh, what he did, you were sure of that shit. I was sure. Of that shit. <laughs> what he did do was they locked him up in prison, uh-huh. and that's where they find him to get him out because they need like the best gamers in the world to fight these assholes. And uh, like part of his demand, some of it's straight out of fucking Armageddon, where he's like, "I don't want to pay any taxes, like ever." And, like, seriously, that's what that's it sounds like. That's straight out of fucking Armageddon. Yeah, no shit. But then he says he wants a fucking three-way with Martha Stewart and Serena Williams. That's so like, old. That yeah, joke like, is... Uh, yeah, but it's like, where the fuck did that come from? And where does it fit? And, like, at the very end, Serena's sitting in the White House in Lincoln Bedroom, and Martha Stewart comes up and does that nod like it's a good thing. And and I'm like, okay, Jesus they're like, Christ. They're like, what two fucking uh, semi-celebrities can we get? For this movie. Who's uh, hard up for cash? Exactly. <laughs> what did the audience react like for the most part? There was no audience except for me and my son. Oh. <laughs> so. Wow. That was it. I'm yeah. surprised. Usually you can gauge about how well I like a movie by how much popcorn I eat. Oh, I've shit. had a whole fucking tub I got to take home. You know what? So. I did not do our fucking uh, rating system. Oh, oh we've oops. Been rating shit. People don't know. Hey, at least you recorded it. Dude, it's it's ever since episode 100. <laughs> like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing anymore. Maybe, D- Dave, should you, should you be the showrunner? I don't know. Ready and willing. Oh, I know. I talked about it earlier. <laughs> anyway, we do have a rating system. I'm going to play it now since I haven't played it. Do you need any help? System is- <laughs> you know what? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's trying to do the rating system. Can you help? Let Clive talk. Okay. Hold on. Here's the rating system. You inconsiderate fuck. You know what? Now is He's writing notes. You need to write notes and organize your shit other than when Frank's talking. That's distracting and it's rude. I'm almost blind out of my left eye. He's not bugging Don't at all. Don't fucking I'm on his left side. We're good. Well, I've got fucking... Perfect 2020 vision and my peripherals work 100%. Well, at least you got your Fuck own you, Dave. All right, I got my pen ready. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, here's our rating system because I've been talking about tossing and tasting and Tupperwareing. You have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. A Tupperware party. I swear, like, this, if there was a rating below Toss It, this and the Knights of Badass would reside in whatever hell that belongs in. Mm. This is terrible. It was two and a half hours of my life. I will never, ever, ever get back. (laughs) It's unfortunate. All right, guys, moving on with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Who else, uh, who wants to, who else wants to contribute this week? 
I'll go ahead. Go for it, Jay. Um, this week I watched to your recommendation, Brian, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Let's talk about Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Who else has watched this uh, series? I'm a Dennis Leary abstainer. Oh, come on. We'll talk about that. You will not watch Dennis Leary? I I choose to abstain from all Dennis Leary discussions. Wow. Is it his viewpoints on females? (laughs) It's harsh. Frank, have I, you watched any no. sex, drugs, and rock and roll? No, I had my DVR set. I gave you three now. goddamn weeks. <laughs> yes, you did. See this? Direct TV. Yep. <laughs> Am All I supposed right. to read between the lines? <laughs> uh, sex, drugs, uh, as Jay was saying, sex, drugs, and rock and roll is a new FX comedy. It's yes. on FX. It's not on FXX. It's a new FX comedy, and it stars Dennis Leary. Yes. Um, you know, Dennis Leary, of course, what did he do? Rescue Me? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also been writing a lot of shows. He's been uh, writing Sirens for USA, which is another comedy that I really enjoy. But yeah, this is a, a Dennis Leary headline show. Yeah. And, uh, Jay, tell us a little bit about the show, synopsis, and, and your thoughts on it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I too was very hesitant on a, a Dennis Leary vehicle. Um, I've, I've never been a huge fan, you know, um, but I, I really like. I, first of all, I'm going to Tupperware the show. I've I've seen uh, episode one and two so far, so you know it's not okay. a full season or anything. But so far, like I was totally blown away uh, just by his performance. Mainly, um, it's about him as kind of uh, a has been rocker. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like almost. Almost, they, they, they were like his band, the Heathens. Yeah, were like on the cusp. Yeah, of making it big. They were almost like rock and roll heroes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And so, it, his journey from like this starts out with him and kind of recapping where he's been with this band and kind of his, you know, escapades, his drug use and whatnot, and how big his songs were. You know, we have people like Dave Grohl in this. Um, uh, pe- uh, Greg Doley from the Afghan Wigs. Joan Jett was in the third episode. I didn't see that yet. Yeah, that just, I just watched it this morning. That just showed up today. Yeah. I, I wanted to watch it so bad, cool, but dude. at least you watched it. Frank yeah. and Dave are like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck those guys, right? But th- there's so many. There's so many fucking good jokes. It is jam packed with good jokes. It's got the. Uh, it's it's got Dennis Leary. It's got the guy from. Uh, Northern Northern Exposure. Chris is it Chris Evans? No, 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 no. The uh, he's like the guitarist. I know the guy from Northern Exposure. Now I can't think of his fucking name. I could have sworn it's Chris Evans, even no, though it's, it's not, not the not same Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. No, <laughs> no. Uh, you know what, Jay? You keep talking. I'm going to look that up, Chief. Um, also, yeah, the drummer uh, uh, Robert Kelly, fucking hilarious comedian. I fucking love that guy. Um, but, but I keep thinking like uh he looks like he looked like uh, Dan Cortez. Him and Dan Cortez looked exactly alike in the nineties and shit. I would agree with that, yeah. But he's fucking hilarious too. It it just uh it, it's it just there's so many fucking jokes about what people listen to. You know, the stuff that you say about what other people listen to. You know, when you're you're being judgmental, there's there's stuff like that. Um but there's also this this backstory of okay, you have this has been druggy that's trying to kind of 
like get back into the spotlight and you have people <laughs> and the lady gaga jokes are fucking john hilarious corbett too. john corbett john corbett you're 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 close his name on northern exposures uh was uh chris stevens okay so you're i fucked that close. up yeah but i love that guy i fucking love northern really exposure good. i love northern oh my exposure. god and like the sexual tension between dennis leary's daughter yes. and him is Gigi. fucking hilarious yeah. yeah she she is uh yeah, she comes in a little bit later. Yeah. Um, when he's trying to, you know, he's trying to get more gigs and stuff like that. There's so many goddamn good jokes, and I can't fucking remember them. But they make fun. Of, <laughs> they make fun of Brian Adams, Sting, Radiohead, yes. Morrissey. Yes. Uh, fuck. It just goes on and on. How many good fucking jokes there are? Okay. Like I honestly like I watched the pilot. And I give the pilot like a taste it. Yeah. I give the second episode a high taste it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of saw like where it was going. And unf- like, you know, like with uh, Dennis Leary, like he is a lot like Quentin Tarantino and Kevin Smith where like a lot of the characters have the same voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I see that in this show. But in the third episode, I threw all that out the window and I fucking Tupperware the fuck out of it now. I think it's really starting to get its uh, its groove now. I, I high taste that second episode. I thought the ending, even though it was predictable, yeah. was funny as fuck. Yeah, it was great. It was funny and I predicted it. Not, I didn't predict it. I thought it would be funny if they did that. It's, it's not like uh, – it's not necessarily like uber smart comedy. Yeah. But yeah. it's very fucking – like unless you're like following, uh, unless you're a music snob or whatever, you'll you'll get it. You'll get right, the goddamn right, joke. Right, right, right. If you're a music snob, you're not gonna like the movie Whiplash. Right, right. exactly. You're not, you're not gonna like Whiplash. You're gonna be like, I'm a drummer and I don't appreciate this movie. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, if you can get past that, you'll love this. And even though that like his daughter has the same voice as Dennis Leary and his comedy. True. Think about this. Well, you know what? Sometimes the apple doesn't far, uh, fall too close from the tree. You know right. what I mean? And so she should be a little more like her father than you'd think. <laughs> there, there, there's the, – it, it's not like um, – And she delivers the lines really well. Yeah. And she, do you think that's really her singing? I don't know. I don't know. Damn, she's a great She'd be singer. fucking great if she was. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like <laughs> – I, I I'm not like I said I'm not a huge Dennis Leary fan, but I this know. has made me a Dennis Leary fan. Yeah, um, I think he's a great television writer. I, I you know I used to follow him on London Underground when he did that for a couple seasons, and I thought it was really funny. But like uh, I don't know, man. I think this is like the perfect subject matter for him to to be in yeah. as the has been rock star, right? And, uh, he has every reason to be bitter and let you know why he's bitter. Yeah, and, and, and he's, he's making fun of like current rock stars. Yes, yes, yes. And, he, and he's he's making fun of the classics as right. well. Like, there's so many good fucking rock. This jokes. last episode, he talks about like how how he had like uh, how he had sex with Joan Jett. Yeah, oh, and like fuck. later on, like that joke really fucking pays off. Yeah. It's really funny. Well, it's like the second episode. Like, there's this whole build to this final joke. Yeah. And you do yes, yes. You exactly. do you do see it coming. You see coming, but when it happens, you're it's just, still fucking hilarious. It's still funny. Yeah, it's still fucking great. Yeah, yeah. I love the cast. I, I love the I love his bandmates. Right. There's a manager guy that's also pretty funny, and then there's his daughter. If you were one of the very few people that did watch Z Rock on IFC, and you were hurt by the fact that that show was canceled after two seasons. <laughs> 
and you're looking for something that kind of reminds you of Z-Rock, yeah. watch Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Yeah. Unless your name is Domesticated Dan. <laughs> and More Frank, Frank. Who, yeah. who don't give a shit, and who I give you three weeks to watch the show, and you just basically just give me the middle finger and what? say, fuck you. <laughs> Take it up with DirecTV, man. They fucked me over. <laughs> Talk to me. I can. I can. I can hook you up, Frank. It, it, yeah, it, it focuses. It focuses on his drug use stuff, which is fucking hilarious. You know, there, there's a line where he's a like, lot, "Yeah, like a lot of people say, like Aerosmith started to suck after fucking Steven Tyler, Tyler stopped taking drugs." Yeah, and it kind of deals with like like that 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 whole like stereotype in yeah. rock music. Like once they stop taking whatever, like they kinda <laughs> suck, you know? And it's funny though. He starts writing this yeah, like <laughs> like his band is very like uh it's it's really like raw like LA rock and roll, you know, like what you would think like Guns N' Roses or something in their early days. Mm-hmm. So that's what the Heathens is. And then like it just gets to this point where you know, they're like, okay, like you can't do drugs anymore because he's he's kind of a fucking maniac with drugs. And they're like, Could, couldn't you write something more like, you know, Radiohead or Morrissey? And he starts singing this fucking sad, sappy shit. <laughs> it's not your fault. It just, uh, it's it's just fucking great. Well, they, they start digging it at first, and then he keeps going, <laughs> yeah. and they're just like, oh my god, when will this end? Oh, yeah. Fuck. And then the next thing you know, there's like. All right, let's get him a beer. Let's get him some drugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, oh man, it's so funny. Yeah, and the and the supporting cast <sighs> is just that they are definitely like supporting him and his his daughter Gigi or whatever. Yeah, they're supporting him and they're fucking great at it because they're all fucked up too. They all have their own issues and they're you know. And John Corbett, you know, like he is like. Uh, you know, getting him back into the band was like a big deal. He plays like, with Lady Gaga. He plays with Lady Gaga <laughs> in the show. Like he's like got a career and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like in the background with Lady Gaga, but you know, he's still making money at music. Right. And, dude, I I think the show could be a Tupperware, in my opinion. Like the first like first episode I think was like a taste it, second was a high taste it, and the third episode was a Tupperware. So like as this goes on, yeah. I'm 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 hoping that this could be like a Tupperware show. So at least give like the first three episodes a, a, a viewing. Yeah, uh, it's called Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. It's yep. on FX. So yeah, definitely. It's silly shit. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, do you have anything for Good Pop Bad Pop this week? Yeah, I saw something that uh, there now there are some movies coming out next year that I'm really excited about: uh, Captain America: Civil War, mm-hmm. Batman vs Superman, Suicide Squad, but you know how there's those movies that you hate that you love? Yeah. Well, yesterday, the trailer for Zoolander 2 oh, came out. I saw uh, that too. And if you haven't seeked it out yet, check it out, guys. Is it good? It was actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah the, the, trailer, the trailer's wonderful. It's definitely a high taste. That's it. good because like, I have heard nothing but negative responses about Joe Dirt 2, which I think was released direct to video. Mm. I've heard nothing bad things about Joe Dirt 2. Gotcha. Well, I, I, that was never a, a film that I enjoyed, but uh, I, I, I own two copies of Zoolander. I like Joe Dirt. Just, <laughs> is, is there something wrong for me enjoying Joe Dirt? No. No. Is you grew something? up in central Illinois. There's yeah. some of those jokes that just hit too close to home. I mean, even I even had a, an appreciation for Kid Rock in that movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, Dennis, Lear, uh, Dennis Miller is killing it in this film. <laughs> <laughs> is there something wrong? Do I need to go back and watch Joe Dirt no. and like be like, oh my God, what the fuck was I thinking? So, yeah, so like what you're it. saying is you hate that you love it. 
I hate that. It's a guilty pleasure. There you yeah, go. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's yeah. what Zoolander is, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of like masturbation. Like, I just do it by myself. Right. right. I don't want anybody... I do it. I just don't want anybody to know that I do it. Except God. Yeah. Big man. Oh, God. <laughs> With the beard. I don't, know how, I don't know how you can hate Zoolander. I mean, David so Bowie's in it, for yeah, God's sake. It's true. If, if it's good enough for Bowie, it's good enough for domestic Can I admit, I'm not the biggest Zoolander fan. Like really? The, the original film, I wasn't uh-huh. the biggest fan. Like, I love Ben Stiller and, like, the Ben Stiller show, but, mm-hmm. like, I just didn't, I wasn't a huge uh, Zoolander fan. It was one of those movies that grew on me. I don't know about you, like, if you loved it right off the bat. Yeah. The more I watched it and the more I, like, gave in to yeah. how silly and stupid it was. Right. The more I like, I get it. I hated Anchorman the first time I watched. Same it. thing with Anchorman. Sa- the same second, thing. The second time I watched Anchorman the original, yep. I fucking loved it. Yep, I agree with I you. I was like, you know what? Milk may be a bad choice, but this movie's damn good. <laughs> yeah, I was that way with the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. I didn't like that at first either. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There, there, like, there's certain lines in that movie that just crack me the fuck <laughs> up. I loved Anchorman until I saw Anchorman two. Well, I haven't seen Anchorman don't, 2, so don't, don't. Yeah, okay. I liked it. <laughs> pretend right. it's not there. I Tupperware. Pretend it doesn't so exist. Zoolander 2, you saw the trailer. Yep. Was it a green band or red band? Green band. Green yeah. band. Okay, what did you think, man? Oh, it was it was adorable. It was just a little teaser, but a wonderful uh, use of special effects and uh, just a great one-liner from him to whet our appetites. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? If you're a Zoolander fan, Domesticated Dave says wait for Zoolander <laughs> 2. It's going to be – you have a high hopes after that teaser? Oh, yeah. Okay. Zoolander is so hot right now. It, it was like uh, – <laughs> like to break it down real quick, it was Stephen Hawkins. You know, he, he has to use a voice uh, modulator to – he yeah, can't talk. Stephen Hawking. He's, right. Uh, yeah, he's fucked up. Yeah, so I don't know if it was him or not. But it was it was it was definitely that implication. But he was he was talking about the beginnings of the universe and whatnot, mm-hmm. and that it has all led to the evolution of the human mind, right? The the height of of evolution and your 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 inside. They make fun great. of the title about four times, and that to me was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, goddamn it, <laughs> okay. it was it was actually pretty funny. It's stupid as shit, but it was funny, man. I don't yeah. spell my name with a two. Yeah, <laughs> I don't speak Latin. Because they tried to use Roman numerals. Just like domesticated Dave doesn't spell his name with an A, right? <laughs> right. He could relate. Yeah. That must be why I liked it. Stephen Hawking, I mean, I still haven't watched that fucking, uh, that movie. Yeah, I want to see that too. That biography? With uh, Eddie Redmayne. I want to see that too. Yeah. Well, I'm like, like seriously, like uh, as far as this podcast goes, I am the resident fucking... Uh, independent uh, Oscar film watcher guy. Like yeah. I watched Birdman. I watched fucking you know Wolf of Wall Street. I watched all those uh, Twelve Years a Slave. All of these Oscar movies, and yet I let that Eddie Redmayne movie slip away from the theory me. of everything. Mm-hmm. I have that was like the weirdest Austin Powers sequel I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> You'll, you'll I'll get, get it, when, it when I watch you know, it. You'll get it when you see it. <laughs> oh, because of the glasses? Oh, man. That's some low-hanging fruit. <laughs> All right. I want to uh, talk about uh, Sharknado Uh-oh. 3. Oh. It would not be Pop Culture Leftovers if Leftover Brian didn't talk about Sharknado 3. It's your jam. <laughs> I talked about when the show first started, I talked about Sharknado. Yep. I tupperware it. Yeah. The year after, I talked about Sharknado 2, uh-huh. the second one. I tupperware it. Yeah. And now, 
I'm going to talk about Sharknado 3 because I'm a big <laughs> fan of this series. And uh, I lost all credibility when I Tupperware'd those first two movies. <laughs> and now I'm going to do the same here. I'm going to Tupperware the fuck Whoa. out of <laughs> Sharknado 3. It's titled Sharknado 3. Oh, hell no. <laughs> that's not a joke. That's what it's really titled. Ian Ziering, that's how you pronounce his name. It's not Ian. Right. It's Ian. Oh. And he's really passionate about that. Watch your mouth. And I met him at fucking Comic-Con in uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. the Wizard World. He's a dick. <laughs> you don't say. Ian Ziering is a cock. Okay. Did you go, fuck off, Steve? I wish I could have told him to go uh, fuck himself in the peach pit. Because <laughs> he is a fucking dickhead. He was like pissing and moaning about people walking through Fuck. like the aisle that he was in and trying to direct traffic like he's an air traffic controller and shit. Wow. He's like an H-list celebrity now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. H. He's Way a, down there. He's a, yeah, he's a Z-list celebrity. <laughs> but Ian Ziering and Tara Reid, they're back for this movie. There's tons of cameos in this film. We've got Lou Ferrigno. Mark McGrath, he returns really... He returns for this movie. Uh, you, you know, remember, uh, what was his name? Uh, Mark McGrath. Um, what was his name? Uh, Sugar Ray? Yep. Yeah, yep. Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray. Ray. Yeah. And uh, he was uh, he was like uh, Ian Ziering's like, uh, sidekick in uh, Sharknado 2. And he's got a real bit part in this one. Um, Rick Fox is in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frankie Muniz. Oh, oh. Is he? Yes, Jay. <laughs> Jay's looking around. <laughs> Frankie Muniz is in this movie. Uh, Penn and Teller, the oh, new the new neat. Gillette Penn. Have you seen Gillette Penn since the weight loss? Uh-uh. No. Oh, my gosh. Ridiculous. You know what? Dude, hats off to you, dude. Gillette Penn looks great. Wow. Looks great. Good for you, man. A ton of weight loss. Uh, Hoda and Kathy Lee Gifford, like the, the Today Show cast is all on there with uh, with all of them. And uh, Chris Jericho's in this movie, Dave. And uh, Thank God. Did anybody else watch uh, Sharknado 3? No. You know, the only no. iron zeering I watch is when he's on some Defiance. Def- Dude, when he was on Defiance, holy fuck yeah, give me a fucking high five and he shit. He just blew his mind again. Dude, no, no, no. <laughs> I, yeah. Dude, uh, Ian Ziering on Defiance was the fucking shit. That I had no awesome. idea Ian Ziering has done anything other than Sharknado lately. Yeah. No, he's got player. some stock at Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, now, so. uh, <laughs> oh, I get it. I get but I want to talk about this film a little bit. I, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to Tupperware it, of course. Okay. I love Sharknado. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. Ian Ziering's character of Finn... Uh, he fights alongside the president, who is played by billionaire Mark Cuban, who's also uh, the judge uh, on a show called Shark Tank, or ironically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last year, they killed one of the judges on that show on Sharknado 2. Oh. So they had Mark Cuban come on this year, and he played the president, which I thought was kind of cool because Mark Cuban's always kind of had a rivalry with Donald Trump, who's running for president. Right. So I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, Tara Reid is back in this film. It's her third film back. Thank God. Uh, she's pregnant with, oh. with Finn's child in the Uh-oh. film. So we get a pregnant Tara Reid. And uh, Finn, he's given his award you know, for his past service in destroying these Sharknados. <laughs> and he's given, he's given a golden chainsaw. <laughs> and he... And he's the first member of the member of the Order of the Golden Chainsaw. (laughs) 
because basically that's what he's famous for uh, for killing sharks is like he uses a chainsaw and he mm-hmm. cuts them in half and yeah. everything. But um, you know, so like they show him. There's a scene where he's wasting sharks with Mark Cuban inside the White House. They're fighting together, and it's like very John Woo in certain parts, where like they're sliding on their knees and shooting yeah. fucking you know sharks and shit. Beautiful. And it's like a John Woo movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like fucking Wind Talkers and Mission Impossible Two. Yeah. And, you know all those shitty fucking John Woo movies <laughs> from the fucking early early two thousands, late nineties. Watch whatever. your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I, I reject your premise, sir. <laughs> Shitty John Woo. Don't you movies? talk about John Woo Shitty like that? Shitty John Woo movies. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're huge Chow Young fat fans. Goddamn right. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to skip ahead okay. to the very end of Sharknado Three. I'm going to blow your fucking mind. Don't do it, man. What you've missed in this movie. I'm going to spoil the fuck out of it. I'm going to give you a reason to go back and watch all these Sharknado movies. This is what happens in the last few moments of Sharknado. This better be good. You know what, Dave? I say that every goddamn week about your comic book corner. And then what do I You're get? still waiting. Uh, exactly. I'm still waiting for a good episode. Nothing but poo-poo. I'm kidding. I'm fucking with you, Dave. All right. Anyway, what I'm going to do here, uh, in, in this one, Nova is back. If you know anything about Nova, yes, Nova is the chick from the first film. Uh, the really hot chick that Ian Ziering didn't hook up with. Was she the one that got eight and then yes. subsequently came back? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and she's wanting to hook up with Ian Ziering like the entire fucking time. And he's like, no, I'm going to rekindle my uh, marriage with uh, Tara Reid who's fucking incoherent and doesn't <laughs> understand what's going on in any scene. And she's a fucking moron. Well, Nova... Is giving the group two options on how to stop the Sharknados that were given to her by Frankie Muniz's cut character. He's so smart. I'm sorry. I just used the C word again. Oh, Frank, you oh yeah. opened broke, up that door. Yeah. I, I broke that wall down earlier. Anyway, Frankie Muniz's character, <laughs> he had been killed off earlier in the film. J- David, you have something to say. The rule has been broken. It's, oh, yeah. Frank broke it earlier, so I'm, I fucking I, told a limerick. I dropped the C word, and <laughs> Frank dropped the C word, and I dropped it twice this episode. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure I can be on this episode. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't. I, I don't know how this episode's going to go over. I guess we've gone a hundred episodes. I don't know if they're going to stick with us or leave us. <laughs> if it, the rule expired, if it helps, man, it was an empowered cunt. <laughs> Stop! Come on, stop it! Stop! We have a four-limit C-word rule. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I had to be sad, though. Damn it, Frank! <laughs> Ladies, I'm sorry. One thing is for certain: you'll never hear Dave say it. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm very uncomfortable right now. So, Nova is giving the group two options on how to stop this Sharknado. This very specific Sharknado. It's a different Sharknado that we've seen in the last two Sharknado films. It's not a Sharkicane. And so, Frank, shut up. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> so, for the first time since any of these Sharknado movies, the big plan at the end of the movie is not uh, for, uh, it does not involve Ian Ziering to fly around in a fucking helicopter and just throw propane bombs into a Sharknado and then shoot them to destroy the Sharknado. No, this plan is much bigger. Oh. Okay, here's Nova. I'm going to play an audio clip. Here's Nova explaining to Finn what needs to be done. And I want you to listen to Tara Reed. Tara, uh, excuse me, Tara Reed. <laughs> Tara Reed at the end 
of this, and I want you to listen to her fucking wise advice, her sage oracle of wisdom device at the end of this fucking clip. Here we go. telling him that you've got to you've got you need nasa and you need a space shuttle that's going to create heat hotter than the surface of the sun and tara reed her <laughs> advice to him is finn you gotta do it yeah what a fucking moron <laughs> so okay if i've missed these where can i get i saw the first one i haven't seen the second or the third uh-huh. and barring DirecTV's yeah. fucked up ass uh, how am I gonna find them sci-fi.com maybe I'll, I'll try to find it out and search it out for you man alright but I mean uh, god help me I'd actually pay to hear that see that shit so the second would, plan it, it involves NASA and conveniently Finn knows an astronaut <laughs> uh, his own father who what? was played by David Hasselhoff oh my god excellent choice <laughs> is an astronaut so oh. the plan is to take this secret shuttle to space and destroy the Sharknado with enough heat so within moments of Ian Zeering telling his dad the plan at some fucking diner that they're sitting at that's still open for some goddamn reason <laughs> I don't know why I mean everybody on the fucking planet is talking about how the world's gonna end but this diner is still in operation like oh how do you want to spend the last moments of your life serving fucking pie and day old fucking meatloaf to assholes in a fucking diner <laughs> for fucking minimum wage and a shitty tip All right that makes no fucking sense anyway that's happening so uh, Tara Reed. She finds out that, you know, Ian Zeering's gonna fucking get into this shuttle and fly off to space with the dad and try to fucking, you know, save the planet and shit. And she's like, no, you are not getting on this shuttle. I'm pregnant and you're gonna stay here and take care of our baby. Oh. And you're not leaving us. You're not being the hero again. And she's not thinking about humanity and how much humanity needs fucking Finn right now to fucking, like, do this shit. She's just thinking about the family and all this shit. What they're doing is they're trying to make you hate her character this okay. whole fucking movie they're trying to make you hate her character well they did a great job by casting Tara Reid for starters exactly that's a great point <laughs> so Ian Ziering David Hasselhoff um, and I'm gonna and, and Tara Reid they're gonna get in this shuttle basically they're in the shuttle together okay. and Tara Reid she got her arm bitten off in the last step, uh, in the last movie so now she's got a robotic arm that has a retractable buzzsaw blade on it. Oh, of course. So she's like a fucking shitty version of Ash. <laughs> it's, it's, so they're flying into space. All, all three of them. They're flying into space. And the big plan is that they're going to let this external fuel tank loose. 
Okay. And that basically, instead of like Ian Zaring, Ian, excuse me, Ian. I'm sorry, Ian. Yeah, he's I don't want to piss you off. He yeah. listens to the show. Too late. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck you, Ian. <laughs> instead of him throwing, like, chucking, like, uh, propane tanks into the fucking storm and just shooting them with a gun and having them blow up and then dissipate the fucking Sharknado. No, this is a bigger storm. There are actually, they're, they're flying into space and they let loose an external fuel tank from the shuttle. Okay. And then that, they detonate that. And all of a sudden, it looks like everything is awesome. Houston is like, uh, yeah, no problems here. You fucking, you fucking did it. You fucking did it. You fucking destroyed the fucking Sharknado. But Hasselhoff is like, you know, fuck that. You know, uh, it still looks like there's some storm activity. Goddamn Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff's like, oh my God. <laughs> no, this storm is still active. And then, like, fucking people are like, we're dead. But you know what? Hasselhoff, Hasselhoff is like, uh-uh, we're not dead yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. Hasselhoff is going to save the day. Yes, he oh, do. great. So, <laughs> so he says, he's like, I got a plan B. I got a plan B for this motherfucker. So he goes all Bruce Willis on this shit. Uh-huh. And he's like, fucking like, uh, you saw Armageddon where uh, I fucking got outside and shit and I fucking sacrificed myself for humanity. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to do the exact same fucking thing that um, Bruce Willis did in Armageddon and totally bite off that movie. And I'm going to fucking get outside of the fucking space shuttle. And apparently it's just dumb. It's like he pushes this like this button on the outside of the fucking space shuttle. Mm-hmm. And he pushes it. And there's like this laser that comes down and just shoots down into the Sharknado. And it just like fucking like destroys like all the, the whole Sharknado storm that's yeah. going to like destroy the world. Where was that like earlier in the story? What the laser? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> like um, basically, I, none of this really makes sense to me. I just kind of like went with it. Sure. You sure? He bought it. So, <laughs> it. It just destroys the heart, the Sharknado. But the, the problem is, like, once he does that, he's like talking to his son Finn, and he's like, "There's only enough fuel to either get me or go home." Hmm. So he's basically saying, you've got to go home. Right. You can't save me. I'm Bruce Willis, and I'm fucked. And, yeah, you saw Armageddon. Right. I'm Mm -hmm. dead. (laughs) So, but it doesn't end there. Really? No. (laughs) Thank God. We're hooked. Guys, there's sharks now. In In space. space. No. And Hasselhoff says that. He uses that line. He's like, oh, my God, there's sharks. (gasps) In space. And they no. are, and, and then like they start like trying to get into the shuttle, and uh, it doesn't matter that the sharks are surviving in space. Right, like, they can't. They're breathe. alive, but it doesn't matter. Like uh, basically, like this movie uh, basically says, "Fuck science, <laughs> fuck it." Right. But see, the reasoning is, and I thought it was kind of brilliant. They're like, uh, Tara Reid goes, how are they surviving in space? And then uh, Ian Zering goes, well, how do they survive in a Sharknado? Good point. Good point, Ian. Right. Don't call him Ian. Don't call him that. Call him Ian. (laughs) So um, Finn, he's on the shuttle, and then he sees like this uh, chainsaw, and it's a gift from Nova, mm. the chick from the first film that busts yeah. out of the shark and shit. Uh-huh. And basically it says pull here and he does. 
It's a lightsaber. That's oh a chainsaw. God. It's a chainsaber, dude. Holy it's shit. fucking dope as fuck, dude. Damn. It's a fucking lightsaber chainsaw, and he's slicing through these fucking sharks and cutting them in half yeah. in space. <laughs> in space, dude. He's not fucking around. I, I gotta find who the fuck is the writer on these goddamn films. I, I don't know, but he's a fucking he's a terrorist. <laughs> Yeah, they just it's fucking, like the worst fan fiction have, ever. They have her snort a line and say, what's the first? What thing, do you see? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Sharks so, with lightsaber chains. What happens? What happens? Like he's cutting sharks in half and shit, right? But what happens? What happens? A, t- a fucking shark busts through the fucking shuttle. How? And eats Tara Reid. No. What? And her baby? She's still oh. pregnant. No. And he eats Tara Reid, and it's gone. And Finn's like. That's my fucking wife. That's my fucking baby yeah. that's inside of that fucked up, druggy, <laughs> alcoholic, yeah. piece of shit woman. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm going to go after that shark. Yeah. And so he fucking flies out into space with his astronaut suit on. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going after my fucking wife that I have no idea who I am with because I could be hitting fucking Nova and she's <laughs> ten times hotter. She's pretty hot. She is very hot. Yeah. And, but, you know, I guess she's pregnant. So, yeah. Fuck, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get my fucking pregnant wife back. You right? got to do it. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so he's flying out into outer space and shit. And he dives. He sees a shark, a fucking huge great white shark. What's Finn do? What's fucking Finn do at this moment? He know. dives into that fucking shark's mouth. Oh my god. After his wife. And he's looking for Tara Reed. <laughs> he's like, Where's wow. my fucking wife? Her name's April. Right. He's like, Where's April? And you know what? He can't find her. In the shark? He can't find her in the shark. He's like, Where's my wife? I can't find her. And he can't find her. He's looking around for his wife. Uh-huh. And so all of a sudden the shark, at that moment that he's inside the shark, it starts to re enter the Earth's atmosphere. And what happens when an object starts to re enter the Earth's atmosphere? It starts burns up. Starts burning up. But Finn is surviving because apparently, if you're inside the belly of a shark, <laughs> it's enough to handle those fucking re-entry. temperatures. Re-entry. <laughs> it, it is a space shark. Oh. In, in, in Ion's defense. It doesn't matter that this Absolutely. motherfucker is like 1,500 degrees. We're safe and cool right here in its fucking intestines. Yeah. I buy that. <laughs> the, title, the title for Sharknado 4 needs to just be Sharknado 4, fuck science. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't give a fuck. How and about so, Sharknado 4, the story cunt in you's. Oh. oh. Way to slip that in. Way to be a one-upper dick. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Ian Zering. Yeah. Finn, he punches a hole in the shark. <laughs> yeah, dude. He fucking he takes he fucking punches a hole in that motherfucker. Right. Well, there's just brute strength. So he's fucking the shark is re-entering the Earth's atmosphere, oh, uh-huh. and he punches a hole brute strength in gravity. He's like fucking Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, Ian. And he fucking punches a hole in that shark, and he takes his parachute. And he sends it through that hole. Oh, my God. And he's floating down towards the ground inside a descending charred carcass of a great white shark. And the parachute, there's like three or four parachutes coming out of the shark. Mm-hmm. And he's floating down towards the ground. He's coming out of it. And he lands on the... I'm not fucking... This is the fucking movie. <laughs> this is real. I'm not making this up. So a fucking charred carcass of a fucking great white is floating down towards the fucking earth. Yeah. And on towards the beach. And he lands and he comes out of the shark's mouth. He, he, he like comes out of the shark's mouth. 
Okay. And shit. And he's got blood all over him from the fucking shark's guts and innards and shit. Yeah. And then all these other sharks are fucking like laying, like falling next to him and he's dodging them and shit. <laughs> and then this other huge great white shark, it lands on the beach and shit. And all of a sudden you start hearing, oh God. And so you're thinking like, you're a fan and you're thinking, oh my God, she's, it's fucking Tara Reid. That's her fucking buzzsaw. Why the fuck am I so excited that this fucking bitch is still alive? And all of a sudden you see this buzzsaw and you see it coming out of the shark and like this little fucking like slit is opened up in the shark. And what comes out of that shark Oh my god, it's fucking beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. A little fucking baby. Oh my god. She fucking gave birth to her fucking baby in the fucking shark. The fucking child. The fucking chosen one. Finn's baby is fucking born in the fucking shark. And the first thing that she does is she's like, I want to get my baby out of this fucking shark's belt, uh, this body. And so she fucking pushes her fucking child. It looks like the fucking shark is giving birth to this baby. Yeah. And this baby's all fucking like bloody and gross and shit. <laughs> and like Ian Ziering sees his fucking baby and he holds his fucking baby for the first time. And then he pulls his wife out of the fucking dead fucking great white shark. Wow. And she's all bloody and shit. Yeah. She looks at him and she's like, it's a boy. It's uh, a boy. And then they start to kiss and it's fucking romantic as all fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's covered in blood. He's covered in blood. The baby's covered in blood. Shark blood. And they start to kiss each Gross. other. And it's romantic as fuck. <laughs> and I'm getting hot, dude. I'm getting hot. I'm right. like, oh my God, dude. Dude is going to get fucking late tonight. <laughs> and all like, that blood's a great lubricant. Frank, you're on the right track, man. Oh, God. That's exactly what I'm thinking. You Why did it have to be a boy? What? Oh, you empowered son of a bitch. Anyway, God. it's a boy. It's a boy. And you know what? We find out that he names his son after his father, Gilbert. Gilbert? So his father's name is Gil. His name's Finn. Oh, my God. And his father's name is Gil. Jesus. Oh, Finn. my God. And Gil. Mm. Finn. Okay. And Gil. Shit. Sharknado. Sharks. Right. Finn. Gills. Gills. Yeah, Finn and Gil. Okay, whatever. Unbelievable. It was funny to me when I watched it. (laughs) We then get a scene, a a heartbreaking scene of Hasselhoff, the Hoff, standing on the moon, and he's saluting. There's two dead sharks next to him, the American flag and shit. Oh, wow. Then, out of nowhere. Aliens. No, a shark lands on Tara Reid. And it's the end of the fucking show. And they tell you, it's the end of the movie. They tell you that you, as the fucking viewer, you get to decide the fate of Tara Reid in the next film by tweeting the hashtag, hashtag April lives or hashtag April dies. And her fate is going to be revealed in Sharknado 4. Dude, this whole movie... They set it up that you want to hate April so that she dies in the fourth movie. I'm saying everybody fucking sends the hashtag April lives. I just want to see she's already lost her fucking arm. I want her to lose. <laughs> I want her to lose like every limb until she's like walking around. You know what I mean? She's just she's a fucking stump and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just want to fucking see Ian Ziering, his wife, be this stumpy looking bitch. 
You know what I mean? I want to. Dan, you ain't got no legs. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. I will, April, you cannot kill Tara Reed in these movies. I just want her to be stumpy. I want her to lose a leg in this film, and then in the fifth film, I want her to lose like another fucking leg. I want her to just be a stumpy looking chick. <laughs> Is that too much to fucking ask? <laughs> No, I don't think so. No. It's a good point, right? I like it. I, I like the uh, yeah. I want to no. see how it develops. So, guys, after me talking about Sharknado, is this something that you would feel yourself like? Like you would feel like, oh my god, that's something that I would like to watch. Like that seems entertaining. You, bl- you just blew my fucking mind yeah. with entertainment. Yeah, I'll yeah. fucking watch. I'll it. I'll watch it. Heavily, I'm not fucking I need to be heavily inebriated. Too. I'm not shitting you guys. Like, like they 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 know that these movies are not supposed to be good. They go out well, of their good. way to make the special effects shitty. Like, they could make them better, but they're like, no. We are making cheese. Right. And we want people to appreciate the cheese. We're going to give you cheese. These movies are meant to be shitty, but they're fucking entertaining as fuck. I took her the fuck out of this because this movie knows what it is. I'm sick of pretentious movies thinking that they're smarter than they are. Mm. This movie says, you know what? It just fucking takes it it, it. it strips itself down naked and it says, "We know what we are. Yeah, we know our fucking dick's small. <laughs> we know that. Uh, yeah, we know that our ass looks like shit. We know that we've got pancake boobs. Yeah, pancake. <laughs> hey, will you will you stop talking about me, please? Ian's Dave, here. stop it. <laughs> Torpedo did. No, but I, all I'm saying. Is that I Tupperware the fuck out of Sharknado 3? Oh, hell no. It is fucking entertaining as fuck. Get together with your friends. Get drunk as fuck. Oh, do whatever the fuck you do when you get together and laugh at this movie. I can't it's believe they named it Oh, hell no. They named it Oh, oh hell, hell no. no. And the best part about this is the guys from MST3K, Mr. Yeah, 3000, yeah. every year for riff tracks before the, uh, the next movie comes out, they riff the previous movie. Oh, shit. Nice. That'd be great. It's phenomenal. So yeah, uh, definitely. If you if you can watch this on demand, watch it on demand. It's funny as fuck. I you, love these Sharknado movies. You just took me on a goddamn journey. I did. You did. I thank you. I did. You, you fucking did. Hey guys, <laughs> the Bible ain't got nothing on Sharknado. I, right. I'm a believer. You get to experience the joy of childbirth with with Tara Reid without the disturbing fetal alcohol syndrome. Oh, thank you, Frank. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we are going after that. God damn, man. After Frank, we are going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with news, uh, Marvel news, DC news, Star Wars news, all that bullshit. Then we're going to end this fucking piece of shit show that you listen to every week called Pop Culture Leftovers. My mind is fucked. Sharknado 3. Oh, hell no. You just fucked my mind. Hey guys. Hey. So, you know what? 
My PayPal, you know what I did with, you know what, my PayPal is fucked up right now. I don't know what I did with my PayPal. You guys ever use PayPal? Yeah. Yep. I got PayPal. You know what I did with my PayPal? I don't know how I did I fucked it up. I like changed like all the settings to Spanish. So like if anytime I buy like something on PayPal right now, it's all in Spanish. And I don't know if I can lick a Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, I can fix it for you. Oh, fuck off. I'm just you, yeah, you. yeah, I bet you, if I had it in French, you'd be able to do that too, wouldn't you, you fuckhead? True. Go to fucking hell. Yeah, but I fucked my, yeah, I fucked my PayPal up and it's all in fucking Spanish and shit. I bought something today and it was like fucking Spanish and shit. So. You can't change it if you don't know the goddamn lingo. I, I don't know the settings. Gringo? Yeah. See what I did? Yeah. <laughs> my settings are all fucked. I don't know how to fucking change it from Spanish back to English and shit, but like every, I guess I'm buying shit in pesos now. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It's a better exchange rate. Yeah, you'll, you'll be good. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Saving that's cash. Cool. Right on. <laughs> I was just trying to say something other than, uh, hey guys, we're back. Right. But I just did it now. So you did. Whatever. Hey, uh, it is time now for the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it It's the leftover news and there's no doubt about it This news is gangsta as fuck, yo It's gangsta as fuck, yo You know the guy that sings that fucking thing? I don't know him He was he was in fucking People Magazine What? He fucking make it, he made it to People Magazine as like a, like a YouTube sensation or some shit Oh, damn Yeah, yeah. the guy, I, I can't remember what his fucking name is I'll look it up <laughs> But yeah, he was fucking in People Magazine and shit Wow Mm-hmm. He's smooth as shit. Well, I mean, yeah, he fucking, I don't know how much he charges for bucking bumpers now, but like back in the day I got it real cheap, but like now he fucking blew up and shit. Yeah. Now you gotta go to his website and I don't know how much he's charging now. Right. Especially but. with your pesos and whatnot. Exactly. <laughs> you have no I don't know how much, I don't know how much I'm paying. Fucking PayPal. It's all in Spanish. <laughs> no fucking idea. Yeah. All right, we're uh, moving on to news. News. Fucking uh, Disney's Tomorrowland's performance in the box office was apparently so dismal that it not only killed its chances of getting a sequel, it also killed Tron fans' hopes of getting Tron 3 anytime soon. Disney apparently considers it too risky, and it sounds like they just want to focus on superhero films, animated movies, and Star Wars films to get their money. And this is bad news? I'm sorry, did you not like Tron Legacy? Focus, uh, now, oh, now we have to focus on superhero movies, com- cartoons, and, and no, Star I'm, Wars? That's, 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 that's like a I'm sorry. silver lining, do right? Do you not like variety? So like when you go to the grocery store, you're just like, you know what? I like, uh, I like beef, I like roast beef, I like bologna, and I like, uh, fucking, uh, chicken. I bought, I don't uh, need, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need any of your fucking salami. I bought five packages of portobello and Swiss brats yesterday. You, you don't like salami? Well, this is basically Disney <laughs> saying, Dave, you know what? You don't get any more fucking brats. Yeah. No more brats? Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God, this is horrible news. This is like, basically, this is the equivalent of Disney saying, fuck brats. Wow. I'm just saying that because of, <laughs> di- of, of Tomorrowland's performance at the box office, the next announcement that Disney made was that there will be no Tron 3. Damn. Okay? And it's not like Tron Legacy didn't perform well. It didn't perform great. It didn't destroy any box office records. But it, basically, Tomorrowland fucking killed the chances for us to see Tron 3. Which, I I don't know. I don't know about you. Tron Legacy 
I enjoyed it. I liked it for what it was. Yeah, you you can bitch about the fucking CG of fucking uh, you know Jeff Bridges uh, all day long. I thought it looked okay. I liked it. I liked the movie. I thought it was fun. Um, I it's of course it's not like the original. Nothing's gonna beat the original. But I mean, twenty eight years had passed since yeah. the original, so things are gonna be a little bit different in this world. What? Um, so. Um, in an interview recently with Slash Film, uh, actor Bruce Boxleitner, who played Alan, Bro- uh, Alan Brady in the Tron films, uh, as well as doing voice work in the animated show Tron Uprising, he also did work in Tron video games, he says, if they do make Tron 3, it'll be without him. Wow. He said... I don't really care anymore. I'm done with it. I've moved on. I hate to say that, but it's been too up and down for me. I would rather not just keep going. I don't want to repeat my career anymore. That'd be like, let's reboot uh, reboot Scarecrow and Mrs. King. No, I'm not interested or Babylon 5. (gasps) What? Sacrilege. Now I'm crushed. He also talked about how he felt uh, after Disney dropped the third film, after the uh, Tomorrowland uh, fucking getting destroyed in the box office. He says, I was very much surprised. Uh, not that I was privy to anything, but once in a while I got a little, sn- I got little snippets of information. Since we shoot Cedar Cove in Vancouver, I did hear a lot from up there. There's several publications and blogs that are about what jobs are coming, what films are in pre-production, stuff like that. Tron was always on those lists. They were very close to actually shooting. Hmm. It breaks my heart, but I understand the times move on. Disney, it's not in their wheelhouse anymore. The animated series had a lot of promise. They didn't stick with that either. I don't think they really want it anymore. I think they've got Star Wars. They've got Marvel. Legacy was successful. I'm not sure that they really had much interest anymore. I hate to say that because I think there's a lot more to go. I agree. I'd like to see more of that movie. I liked I liked Tron Legacy. I did too. I liked man. the original Tron. I liked the other one. I saw it in the theater. I had a great time watching it. Did you it. see Tron Legacy in 3D? Uh, yeah, I did. How was that? It wasn't very good. Really? Yeah. I've heard nothing but great things about it in 3D. No, I mean, it, it was very, like, thrown in there stuff, you know? you know? Stuff you expect, like the discus flying into your face and things like that. I, th- I think, like, it was probably better than the 2D version. Okay. But I, it didn't blow my mind as far as effects go. Wow. It was a fun fucking movie, man. That's something from my childhood. I, I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not like the biggest Garrett Hedlund fan ever, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And he can't replace Jeff Bridges, but I still liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And there was way more to explore with it, and they, yeah. they totally set it up for that. So I honestly think like right now they're dropping it, but in about 28 years again, another 28 years when the superhero shit's kind of like – you know, they've lost Robert Downey Jr. and some of these movies aren't performing as well. Maybe they'll look to Tron again. Who knows? It's going to happen eventually. Dave, you big Tron fan? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was probably my favorite movie as a kid. Yeah, it was great. A lot of fun. Yeah. Miss it. Um, let's move on. That's all I got for regular news this week. And, guys, I, oh, yeah, Frank is gone. Frank had to leave. I uh, He had to get going. Uh, he was going to stick around for another hour, but things came up and he had to get going. And I'm sorry for this episode this week. It's like I had to slap it together. Like I mentioned last week, like I didn't know if I was going to be able to do the show this week. So I kind of slapped this together as quickly as I can. I'm sorry if it's uh, 
craptastic episode. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I do my best. Yeah, you, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't apologize. All right, before you know what, before we move on to Marvel news, um, I'm going to let Dave do his comic book corner. <gasps> Yippee! Yeah, because God forbid I don't, and then I have to fucking hear about it later from you. Yeah, because you'd make a point of that. Cream rises to the top. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh it, yeah, whatever day. You sure you want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> so it's now time for domestic da- uh domesticated Dave's comic book corner. Domesticated Dave's comic book corner. He sounds like Macho Man, but he looks like Natalie Dormer. It's comic books and shit. All right, everybody. We're going to start off with my favorite cover of the week. Continuing its run, Planet Hulk just keeps killing it with the covers. Uh, Dave, I'm going to organize some stuff right now. Oh, cool. While you're giving your comic book corner. I might even have a side conversation with you (laughs) while you're doing this. Discuss this cover. Inconsiderate fuck. We're introduced to... I'll be right back. We're introduced to a sea hulk. Interesting. And uh, Planet Hulk continues to be one of my favorite uh, Secret Wars tie-ins. Um, I definitely give it a, a, a taste. It they're 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 setting hey, up uh, progress in yeah. through the next. Can I, can I go out to the porch? Did you want to watch some TV? Yeah, you can go out to the porch. Yeah. Okay, whatever you want to do. How does it feel, you fucking asshole? How does it fucking feel? Feels pretty good when I get to do my comic book corner. <laughs> Next up, I got uh, Uncanny X Men uh, issue thirty five, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, and it's great outside, it's a beautiful night, guys. He's wrapping this stuff up because uh, apparently, apparently, Secret Wars hasn't even happened in this universe. And uh, I got to tell you, folks, I wasn't so happy with this issue because. They killed off one of my favorite new mutant characters, Gold Balls, Bites the Big One, in Uncanny X-Men 35. Damn. It seems like uh, Brian Michael Bendis has been reading a lot of Chris Claremont and decides to double down on the whole anti-mutant hysteria thing, and they get rid of Gold Balls when... He becomes an internet sensation, oh. and then people immediately turn against them when his parents accidentally reveal that he's a mutant. Okay. Now, I'm not sure how everybody thought he wasn't a mutant when he spontaneously can make gold balls shoot out of himself. Right. Hey, but, hey, what's hey. happening? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah. Hey, take a look at my notebook over here. What are you doing today? Uh, <laughs> uh, you already said you didn't have notes this episode. No, I'm going to read this. Can you read this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Read that. Okay. Next up, we've got Justice League, <laughs> issue number 42, oh, written by Jeff John. Oh, issue number 42. Wasn't that titled Inconsiderate Fuck? <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, the part two of the Dark Side War. Oh, yeah. Although that's, the one, that's the one where um, uh, Dark Side... Uh, has a new intro that he made for uh, a very special 100th episode. Brand new. And uh, wasn't it uh, another like uh, prominent villain was like, you know what, I'm not, I don't care. I'm yeah. not going to listen to it. I'm going to talk to another villain uh, in a side conversation <laughs> and not give uh, this fucking intro uh, the uh, respect that it deserves uh, for 100 episodes. I think Darkseid would have Omega Beamed the fuck out of that villain. Wow. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I, I'm not so interested in the actual what's plot on your, what's of on the Dark phone? Side War. I'm just texting somebody. Okay. Are you texting me? But guys, I can. I can. The uh, the artist in this book, Jason Fabok. I'm not familiar with his work, 
But the art in the Justice League title is gorgeous right now. Mm. Go ahead and check this out if you're if you're not into DC but you love great art. Uh, this guy is somebody that I, I, I'm going to be uh, looking back on his previous work because I'm really enjoying it. Uh, but so the 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 story is kind of a toss hit, but the art is an absolute Tupperware. So it it uh, levels out in a taste it for Justice League right now. Next up, I've got Copperhead issue nine, and man, this series continues to be a Tupperware. God every damn it! I just episode. told you fucking earlier that I was going to fucking have that, and two more episodes that was going to be my good pop, bad pop. And you got to steal my fucking thunder, you son of a fucking bitch. Why? Well, I, I, I won't go into it. I will not go anymore into the events Copperhead. Fuck! Of course, you got to bring Copperhead number nine coming in at uh, asshole number nine. Domesticated Dave talking about copperhead. <laughs> you fucking asshole. You fucking asshole. I told you during a fucking break that that was going to be part of my good pop, bad pop, and we would talk about that together. But you're going to talk about it now? Uh, no, oh, I fuck yourself. I, I will. I fuck will. Your tr- no, seriously. I, I will. You do your fucking. Co- I'm going to go. I'm going to go out. I'm going to step out. You do your fucking comic book corner. I'm going to do. You know what? I'm going to give you as much fucking respect that you give me before the fucking show when I fucking play my special intro that I fucking worked all goddamn morning on for episode 100. I'm going to give you just as much fucking respect during your comic book corner that you gave me so fucking whatever talk about your little fucking comic books and your copyright number nine fuck you <laughs> next up we've got fight club issue three by dark horse comics written by chuck polinick and cameron stewart and this book continues to be a tupperware every single issue this issue includes chuck polinick showing up as a character hmm. uh not not not, not not a guy written to be like look like Chuck Polinick or reminiscent of it. Actually, Mr. Chuck Polinick is a member of Project Mayhem in nice. this story. It's amazing. If you're not reading Fight Club Two, um, you're just you're missing out. It's really really awesome. And now to go to the other side of things, the not so awesome uh, Cyborg issue number one. Mm. Now I have been really really excited about this book because. Cyborg is my favorite of the Teen Titans. And, well, uh, this whole DCU thing that they're doing right now is supposed to be all about, hey, welcoming in new readers, check this out, you, you can start fresh here. And then immediately in this book, I think they're going back to more Future's End stuff mm-hmm. with uh, weird, uh, like, sentient robotic technology and we, basically, you've got a whole big scene of talking about, well, you know, uh, I, when I when I died the first two times, mm-hmm. and it's like, wait, you're supposed to be welcoming in new readers, and you keep talking about how you've died previously. Right. So now I've got to read a bunch of old continuity? It totally goes against the concept of what the DCU, Y-O-U, is supposed to be about. And we've got... We've got uh, He's still droning off. (laughs) Interesting that you would say drones because we're talking about these. uh, Thanks for the segue, Brian. (laughs) You know why you never give me good segues, you fucking asshole? All you do is fucking fall asleep and shit until it's time for your comic book corner. Uh, Don't worry, I'll be asleep in like 15 minutes as soon as this is over. But um, hey, let me talk about Copperhead. It's a great book. I can't wait to talk about it with you. I'm glad you're reading it. I'm glad you're reading it. I've been picking it up since day one, you fucking asshole. Oh, we, and we will be tearing it apart, man. It is a great book. But uh, this, this, uh, this cyborg, it's just... 
Oh, it's, Cyborg number one. It's such a letdown. It's it's a toss hit. It's huh. it, it was was something I was really really excited about. Maybe and maybe my expectations uh, were too high. So uh, I'm not going to continue reading it. I'm sorry. I, I want to support it just because it's my favorite you know Teen Titans character. This, I, this is on my pull list. I'm going to read No, I've already got it. I've oh. got it at home. I haven't read it yet. But I'm going to read it next week, and I'll probably come back and tell you how awesome it was because <laughs> Dave's fucking opinions are stupid sometimes. Well, okay. I, I hope you get more out of it than I did. Well, I hope you would get more out of my fucking uh, 100th episode intro, but you didn't. You had to talk to Jake the whole goddamn time. <laughs> fucking inconsiderate motherfucker. Jake's wonderful to talk Hey, thanks to. for 100 episodes. This is how I'm going to repay you, Brian. Uh, I'm going to fucking uh, talk to Jake while you're trying to give the 100th episode intro. You fucking inconsiderate ass. 100 episodes I fucking slaved over this fucking show and you're the entire time through this fucking momentous occasion you're talking to Jake about some stupid fucking bullshit in your fucking notebook I can try to reproduce it if it go like fuck feel yourself it. go fuck yourself you didn't listen to the shit that I said at the beginning of the fucking intro so go fucking fuck yourself you fucking motherfucker well, the last, the last, uh, you're a fucking asshole. The last book. Have fun trying um, to give your fucking comic book corner. The comic book corner. Talking over it and trying to get everybody's attention, but you can't because I'm fucking talking and nobody fucking gives a shit about what you're saying. Yeah. Wolf number one by Wolf, Image Comics. Wolf number one by Image Comics. It's written by it's written Alex by Coat. Alex. Coat. <laughs> and. Uh. It's basically, um, basically, uh, if you've ever, if you've ever read, read the, or, watched or watched the Dresden, the Dresden files, files, this is like this is like somebody, somebody went <laughs> and bought every, and bought Drake, every album, Drake album, <laughs> and then decided, and then decided I can write my I can own. Write my own. Version, version of the Dresden Files. Files. Okay. Okay. Wolf <laughs> is a Wolf is a uh, immortal, uh, somewhat private detective. It's a little incoherent, um, but it is one of those things. The story is absolutely derivative, and it is provocative. Oh, in that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Dave. Are, God damn you and your fucking provocative shit. You know goddamn well how you used that fucking word on that fucking episode. You said that she is enticing and appealing. You meant it in a sexual manner, so go fuck yourself, Dave. Trying to fucking backtrack on that goddamn word. Fuck you. <laughs> well, he drops the end bomb. Oh, yeah, he Oh, in here, oh, um, Jesus, Dave. Why do you got to say that shit on my fucking show? Well, and, and it's it's not earned in any way. Like the main character just pretty much. Well, why looks, do you have to say that on my show? Because I don't want people to waste the money that I that I spent. I spent four ninety nine well, on an image book. Out for themselves. You don't have to fucking. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> it's <laughs> over. Shut the fuck up. It's over. You fucking killed your comic book corner. It's comic books and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jesus fuck. <laughs> we don't need to hear that shit on this show. Uh, All right, anyway, moving on to Marvel news. <laughs> God damn it. I give you a comic book corner and what do you do? 
Talk about comic books. He he poo pooed on it. (laughs) Anyway, Marvel news. (laughs) There we go. Marvel news. <laughs> All right, Dave, you can fall asleep or whatever the fuck it is you do. Uh, I'm going to go get that recliner outside. Sure you will. <laughs> anyway, uh, actor Hugh Jackman, he took to Twitter and he posted a teaser image for the 2017 sequel to The Wolverine with the hashtag one last time. Uh, and it said, my last time putting on the claws. What do you want to see happen? 50 words or less. I'll read as many as I can. So, Hugh Jackman himself, um, Wolverine, has been doing that character for 15 years now. Is asking the listeners, uh, you know, what do you think uh, we should do in this, in my final, uh, you know, we talked about our swan song ending pop culture leftovers in episode 100. No, he's for fucking, he's for real. Right. How do we end (laughs) my run as Wolverine? And uh, he's asking what people should do. People are suggesting – I mean we've got suggestions for Old Man Logan. Uh, people are talking about a battle with Omega Red. Uh, people are talking about an R rating for this Wolverine film. There's a lot of stuff that people are suggesting. What do you guys think that uh, you know the director um, – and for, excuse me, but the director, his name uh, escapes me at the moment. But um, uh, that did the uh, last uh, Wolverine movie. But what do you think that they should do? Uh, in this final Wolverine film, uh, I, I'm kind of more. And do you think it's the final Wolverine? Do you think it's Hugh Jackman's last dance with fucking Fox as far as Wolverine? Oh, that's a good question too. Um, I think it should be. I think it should be his last hurrah. And and, and I think they should probably do more of. I I you know uh, Omega Red is my favorite Wolverine villain. You know he he came up in the '90s. Um, Kind of the Jim Lee era, I think. Yeah, Um, and he was just one of the coolest fucking villains that they had to face. Wolverine, you know, one that you thought was like this guy's no joke. He can take him on. So either that, uh, oh, I damn it, I I, see. I'm I'm torn between either him being depowered and killed, or. He's fully functional and he goes out like that. I mean, even if they kill him, we all know that he's going to be brought back and right. asked. And a lot of people are saying, like, Omega Red, I mean, you're not alone in this, Jay. And I mean, um, and a lot of people are saying, that, hey, you know, can we finally get him in the fucking suit? Yeah. That's another thing that, that too. Been talking about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they teased it in the deleted scene in the last film, but, like, can we finally get it? Yeah. Because if you play the Wolverine. X-Men Origins video game and you earn the suit, he looks damn good in it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. And if anything, the Marvel movies have kind of proven that you can give characters somewhat of a traditional, you know, costume and look great in it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think think you're leaning towards more of like, give me that Omega Red story. Give me the Omega Red story and give me Wolverine in full gear where he's just like, you know, just classic hero versus villain scenario. Yeah. And and let him go out in in style. I I don't know. Like, I don't know how that ends. I don't know if that's like him dying or, or what, but... Yeah, like you said, either way, he's going to come back. So it doesn't really... I, I don't know. Old Man Logan, definitely not. 
Um, I don't see how that's possible to we talked about it. And I yeah. mean, I've been one of those people that have been like, yeah, dude, I, I just want to keep him around. Like, yeah, let's do that old man Logan story. Cause like days of future past, it wasn't like they did it a hundred percent to the right. comic, but the old man Logan story has so many different other parts of the Marvel universe working in it that it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense not to do it unless they're a part of like the Marvel Studios umbrella. Yeah. It just doesn't. As much as I would want to see him continue with the franchise, it just doesn't work. Right. So do, I concede to that. Do, do the, do the Wolverine story where he gets to go balls out and, and just purely like without all the bullshit, without all the side stories, Without really worrying about what the X Men universe is doing, if that is going to be his last film, it, it, it needs to go out with all those other things out of the picture, mm-hmm. because that's what people have wanted from the from from the get go. In my opinion, is is the balls out Wolverine like I'm going to fucking kill you, and it doesn't necessarily mean that that's a rated R story, but. Put him in a predicament where he he's fighting somebody that he can't necessarily overcome easily. You know, what I, I mean? think they should go R rated. Do you? I do for this for this last film. I think that it would get audiences excited, but they'll never do it. What if what if it was a what if it was a compromise? This just popped in my head. What if it was a compromise to where he is older, but not necessarily old man Logan, but he's kind of at at the end of like his superhero thing. And he's, you know, hanging out in bars and whatnot. And then this threat, you know, like Omega Red or somebody like that comes and like, I'm going to take you out, motherfucker. You know, I am designed to kill you. It's like the Dark Knight Returns version of Wolverine. Yeah. I love that. And you don't have to, you don't have to go the full Old Man Logan story. I love that idea. I absolutely love that idea. That just popped in my head as like the good compromise. Yeah. It's a good way to say goodbye to the character. Yeah. I would love that. It's kind of like uh, they don't leave you hanging like, oh, okay, there's more after this that, like, the character can do. Like, right. no, this is the character, like, giving us, like, one last hurrah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dave, what would you like to see from uh, this last final movie? Well, I definitely have to uh, agree with the whole last hurrah thing because the death of Wolverine was such a grossly unsatisfying comic book series that I would like to see that addressed in a, in a well, way. Well, even they knew that he was going to eventually come back, even though he hasn't. Yeah. I, even though X, is it X-23 is coming back and like the... As yeah. the new Wolverine? New, yeah. We all know that eventually Wolverine will come back. I mean, there's no... Well, he, old Man Logan is going to be in the main continuity once Secret Wars is done. Sure. Yeah, okay. So they have, they are going to continue that comic. Okay. Well, he will be a member of the Extraordinary X-Men, mm-hmm. I think they're called. Okay. And uh, what I would like to see that. Thank God, thank God there was a comic book corner this week <laughs> so that you could answer that question, Dave. Because God forbid if there wasn't a comic book corner this week, your mind would have been completely blank <laughs> on that. Right. Well, the the, um, <laughs> the the idea of bringing in Omega Red into the universe <laughs> would be would be wonderful because it, it would be a great way to make the make the stakes higher because his his healing factor doesn't work when Omega Red's around. Right. Uh, one thing that I would like to see maybe incorporated in is now that we're getting Apocalypse in the X universe, the cinematic universe, maybe take elements of the Mutant Massacre. I don't know if you've ever read that that storyline, but mm-hmm. it was it deals with the Morlocks and Mr. Sinister's 
uh, systematic destruction of the Morlocks. And if you could bring, like, put make Omega Meta, uh, Omega Red a Marauder, make him the leader of the Marauders, whatever. But I'm familiar with the Marauders, but I'm not familiar with familiar with this story. Well, uh, Mister Sinister basically uh, has. Gambit in the retcon uh-huh. assemble a bunch of the most deadly killer mutants to go down and exterminate the Morlock community. And so that would bring in uh, Mr. Sinister into the X-Men cinematic universe, the most glam of all X-Men villains. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that introduced. So... Yeah. How do you think he's going to look, though? I mean, people are pissed off at the look of fucking Apocalypse. How do you think they're going to make fucking uh, Mr. Sinister look? Uh, if David Bowie plays him, it'll be great. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I would agree with that. I cannot stop that. But, yeah, that's not going to happen. Oh David Bowie for Mr. Sinister. That yeah. would be fucking amazing. It would be. I would fuck. I Yeah, Tupperware the fuck out of that. Dr. Nathaniel Essex is British. Completely unlikely. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Can, would that... Or would that not be fucking amazing? Yeah, that would make my day. Who's your Omega Red? Oh, I, I don't know. Man, I don't have a casting for Omega Red. He I, he doesn't stand out as like... I, I don't know. Like I don't think of him as like a personality necessarily. Okay. So I, I don't know. Like He doesn't look like somebody, you know, like an actor. I don't know. Mm, I'm trying to think of like Omega Red. I'm trying to think of Ralph Fiennes. I would go for him, even though he's not. You know what I mean? Voldemort himself. Yeah, nice. that's who I would go hmm. for. Ralph Fiennes. That's a good choice. I, yeah, I, Mr. Sinister would be fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like, I like where we're going with this, but I hope, I hope it does put a definitive end to Hugh Jackman's arc, and we get the fucking costume. Absolutely, tough and a continuation. That. They teased us in that fucking deleted scene. Yeah. And, I mean, we've seen what the costume looks like on Hugh Jackman in that video game because, I mean, so whatever. So we'll see. Uh, I'm going to go with some more Fox Marvel news. We're going to keep this Fox Marvel news train trucking. Uh, on Tuesday, we were getting rumors that Channing Tatum was close to leaving the Gambit movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a move, you know uh, – they're, they're getting basically they're getting ready to film shortly. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's getting released next year, 2016. It already has a director in Rupert Wyatt, uh, the director for Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That's the first movie in the reboot. I'm not con- trying to confuse it with the second movie, right? Which was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which was Matt Reeves, which I think is a superior movie. But still, I I liked that first movie with Rupert Wyatt. I think like without that movie, without that movie being successful, we wouldn't have got a second movie. We would have had another Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie with Mark Wahlberg that fucking got you know what I mean? Like people were like, I don't give a fuck what happens after this movie. I just don't want to see any more. Yeah. Why is the second movie better? Because Gary Oldman's in it and James Franco isn't. <laughs> James Franco is in the second movie. He makes an appearance in a cameo from deleted scenes from the first movie. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Boom. Damn it. So there's an unconfirmed report that was coming from the rap that Tatum would be le- leaving the project. So that's like all the people were saying, like Tatum's leaving Gambit, and I'm thinking, 
Oh my God! They're gonna leave Fox in shambles. Fox has been fucking like Lauren Shula Donner has been talking about this movie. Simon Kinberg's been talking about this movie. Fucking Channing Tatum himself. He was on SDCC. He fucking showed up to San Diego Comic Con wearing a gambit a gambit T shirt. Yeah. What the fuck is going on <laughs> over here? Why is he leaving this? Yeah. And uh, then on August first. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter, they broke this story. Channing Tatum has closed the deal to star in Gambit, 20th Century Fox's X-Men spinoff movie. The move, which was widely expected, contradicts reports that appeared last week suggesting that the actor would exit the project after failing to come to terms with Fox. Sources say that Tatum and the studio did hit a sensitive spot in negotiations, but such back and forth is a normal part of top-level talent deal-making. The Magic Mike star's participation hardly was in any real danger because the actor already invested quite a bit in the superhero part. Tatum has been attached to the movie, loosely then officially, as both actor and producer, for a few years and even made a surprise appearance at Fox's X-Men panel at Comic-Con in July. Uh, one thing that needed figuring out was the extent of Tatum's involvement in the X-Men universe. This makes sense to me because when you sign an actress like Jennifer Lawrence to a three-year Fox movie, a Fox movie X-Men deal, and you sign her to a movie and you don't know what you got with Jennifer Lawrence yeah. back in the day when they signed her. Then all of a sudden, Mystique turns into Katniss and blows the fuck up and turns into American Hustle Jennifer Lawrence and then turns into Silver Linings Playbook Jennifer Lawrence, then turns into, oh my God, Jennifer Lawrence, will you be in any and every movie ever? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't know what you're going to get, and he wants to know, like, where do you guys see me? Gambit in the comic books? Kind of a Z-list character yeah. in the X-Men comics. You know what I mean? And uh, he's, of course, Channing Tatum, if he's going to be involved in this, he's going to want to be an A-list character. <coughs> and he's going to want to do for the character what Robert Downey Jr. did for Tony Stark and Iron Man and take B-list Iron Man and make him a top-tier character in the comic books. Um, and that's what he's wanting to do here. I mean, he just doesn't want fucking Gambit to be, you know, just, uh, just a nobody in this universe. You know, uh, Jennifer Lawrence herself doesn't have a fucking Mystique, com Mystique movie coming out. We haven't heard anything about a Mystique movie. Right. He just wants to kind of know his place in the X-Men universe. Smart. And um, so Fox sees Tatum's Gambit, a mutant who harnesses kinetic energy as one of the anchor characters of the X-Universe, akin to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. That's saying a lot. Yeah, that's huge. I think, there, I, I, I think that's a stretch. Wolverine, in my opinion, is a lot more important to the X-Men universe in the comic books than Gambit ever was. And I think they're just trying to kind of uh, stroke fucking uh, Channing Tatum's ego here. You know what I mean? To appease him. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm going to try to separate the comic books from the cinematic universe because what they do with this character now in the cinematic universe is totally up to Lauren Shula Donner. It's totally up to Simon Kinberg. 
they could turn this character into a fucking A-list character. Yeah. I mean, look what they did with Iron Man. That's true. I mean, oh, so basically they said um, it's a commitment that could theoretically, uh, theoretically last more than a decade. Wow. Jackman has been portraying Wolverine since 2000, uh, 2000 for instance. Um, sources say that back-end compensation was also a sticking point. So, uh, you know, money and, and things like that were kind of an issue. Yeah. So he wants to know where he fits in with this X-Men universe. I don't blame him after looking at the history of Jennifer Lawrence's character as Mystique. What do you guys think? Well, I think maybe you're underselling a little bit how popular Gambit was in the 90s. Like, there for a while, he was the hot character. Now, he never reached the level of being in six simultaneous X titles as Wolverine did. That's what – exactly. But but he definitely had great potential until they shit the bed with the whole X-Trader plot line. Yeah, but like, okay, Dave, I am a casual moviegoer. I've seen the Brian Singer films. I enjoy Days of Future Past. And you are going to try to sell me on a Gambit movie. And you're like, yeah, um, he's a rebel. He's a badass. He's Creole. And <laughs> well, if he no, can, no, no, if no, no, he no, can... no, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and what he does is he's got telekinetic powers and like a telekinetic energy. And he can throw playing cards at you. And he's a thief. You've really, I, like, right then and there, I'm just like, right. But but if Channing Tatum is as passionate about playing the character as it would appear, uh, he's got a built-in fan base that would probably get dragged kicking and screaming to previous X movies, and now that's bringing in a whole new fold of people, like you know, girls. Where that- were those people when Jupiter Ascending came out? I know where the ladies were when Magic Mike and Magic Mike <laughs> XXL came out because they were sitting in seats watching him. But where were the ladies and the diehard Channing Tatum fans? Where were they when Jupiter Sending came out? Uh, it's it's a good point. Like I, 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 I'm hopeful because I've always been a Gambit fan, and I don't think that he's ever really reached I'm, his potential. And I'm not talking to you. You're going to be in the theater... Watching a Channing Tatum Gambit movie. I'm talking about fans that... I watched the Brian Singer movies. Yeah, they were cool. I liked them. I can't can't ever forgive Brian Singer for Superman Returns. (laughs) Okay. But I'm saying like... uh, I'm talking about... uh, Okay, let's think about his redemption as far as like X-Men Days of Future Past. I'm just talking about casual fans that don't even know who's directing these films. Um, that don't even know that this fucking Gambit movie that's going to come out is even related to the X-Men. Um, they see a trailer with a guy that's flipping, you know, playing cards. What's their incentive to go see this movie? That's what I'm worried about. I mean, Channing Tatum, like, I don't know. Like, they didn't even know how to use him in G.I. Joe. You know what I mean? And, like, now they're giving him... I'm just, I'm saying coming off of Jupiter's Descending... A Jupiter, a Jupiter, Jupiter ascending. Oh, appropriate. Uh, fair, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> descending. I mean, coming off of that, and then Magic Mike XXL, which didn't perform that well in theaters, not as well as they were hoping it would. I mean, is he going to destroy fucking? 
Is he gonna be, basically, is Fox gonna shit the bed with this movie? Because I, I think they're gonna fucking, I think they're gonna kill it with Apocalypse. I do. I have full faith in Oscar Isaac as a villain. And I, I fucking think they're gonna kill it with Deadpool. I'm worried about fucking Gambit. If he doesn't nail the accent, it's gonna come off really cheeseball. The first time Channing Tatum starts talking about the Teeves Guild, oh man, it's, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a bumpy ride, folks. Okay, okay. I hope he's I hope he's working with the vocal coach now. I like like when when they were talking about like how this movie was not gonna happen. I was thinking that it was because of the rumor that Channing Tatum and Chris Pratt. We're going to be starring in that new Ghostbusters reboot, which Ivan Reitman said, that's not happening. You're getting the Paul Feig movie with the females, all this fucking male spinoff movie with Channing Tatum and Chris Pratt. That's not happening. That's not in the works. So once that fell out, then all of a sudden we found out that fucking um, the – Channing Tatum Gambit movie is closed. It's a done deal. He closed on it, and he is doing it. Uh, I've also read that Tatum is working with this. This is promising. This is good. This is there's good and bad. Tatum is actually working with a professional magician that is showing him sleight of hand when it comes to working with playing cards. He's also showing them how to throw playing cards. Um, but Channing Tatum has also said that he's uh, having a little trouble and he's still working on the accent. So, yeah, we'll see. Guys, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really worried about this. Like, I, I love Taylor Kitsch. I do. I'm a big fan of Taylor Kitsch. And, and I, it's not like I loved his gambit. Like, oh, wow, Taylor Kitsch's gambit was the definitive gambit. But I, I'm a big fan of Taylor Kitsch. I'd um at this point I'd be like oh, you know I I wouldn't be opposed to having Taylor Kitsch just come back and do Gambit and do it right but um I don't know man I don't know if Tatum can pull this off I'll be interested I got to see this first trailer to be a believer man I got to see this first trailer to be a believer fucking uh was it Rupert Wyatt doing this I don't even know who's writing it There's a lot of question marks here a lot of question marks that I need answered. I don't know where they're going with this. I don't want this to be another fucking movie where it's like the hero has to save the world. I hate it when fucking Ant-Man, it's like, oh, okay, Ant-Man's got to save the world from fucking the yellow jacket suit being given to Hydra. Dude, I don't need a fucking superhero movie all the time to save the world. If I could just fucking get a fucking movie with Channing Tatum being Gambit, and a story about the Thieves Guild, I'd be happy. He doesn't need to save the world in that movie. I bet that's the re- the direction they go. Are, do you think that they're going to have... Do you think they're going to recast Rogue or they're going to leave that whole fucking... No, it'll be Belladonna. Belladonna? Yeah. That would be the smart way to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I think, like, you know, we're talking about Hugh Jackman leaving and then Tatum kind of coming into that position... Because that's that's kind of what it's always felt like from day one that I've heard any of these rumors. They're trying to replace Hugh Jackman with Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. Another another you know like anti-hero like you know he's on the ropes. You don't know if he's good or bad. Whatever. Yeah. He's nowhere near. He's nowhere near the character of Wolverine. So I think they're overestimating a little bit. Uh, 
Gambit's popularity. I think, uh, you know, we all grew up with Gambit in the 90s. Yeah. He, he was, he was cool, but he was kind of like the, the guy that was like stabbing at Wolverine. And it was just like, you can't, you can't replace, you can't him with, with Gambit. I, Gambit was cool. If I, if I'm a kid and, if I'm a kid, I'm going to get more excited about the guy that fucking has claws yeah. than the guy that throws playing cards. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, try to sell me on that shit now. A guy that fucking throws fucking playing cards? Well, try and sell me on that shit when the when the comics were out even. Like, he was cool and all, but... It was, it was, you no, know. he's, this, he, he's, he's great in an ensemble. Yeah. Gambit fucking solo. I'm not down with all, this. All I, all, you know, here's, here's what I would summarize my thoughts on Gambit. All I remember from the comic books when he was at his peak was the guy that fucked with all the girls on the fucking team. I didn't, and fucked with Wolverine, but he could never fucking touch Wolverine. There was nothing he could actually do to him. So it was just kind of like one of those things was like, yeah, he's cool. You know, he's kind of a ladies' man. That was it. Are so, they going to overpower him in the films? Or I don't know. No, I think I think the last Wolverine movie almost has to have Gambit involved now because they, ha- they have to do some sort of torch pass, show you that, oh, he can hang with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. The timeline's right because then wouldn't, wouldn't those – wouldn't the Gambit movie – be out before the that's, last Wolverine that's movie? That's not out of left field. I mean, uh, wasn't it the um, shit? The last Wolverine movie they had the uh, the end uh, credit scene kind of led up to uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. They yeah. had that scene in the airport with Bishop and Professor X, and yeah, I could see that happening. I could see that happening, Dave. Yeah, yeah. That's a hard sell, man. It's a hard sell. I don't care how, like, I love Channing Tatum. I, I, I don't have any qualms about him as an actor. But the, the character of Gambit is... Okay, but the Wolverine movies didn't exactly set the bar, like, no, no, high. No, I'm not talking about the Wolverine movies in general. I'm just talking about the character. No, no, and I'm going to agree with you 100% there. I mean, if you're comparing, like, fucking uh, Wolverine to Gambit, I'm going to yeah. pick Wolverine yeah. fucking 10 out of 10 times. You know God what I mean? damn. I mean... No, 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 no. But you know what it all comes down to? It all comes down to good story, great acting, and maybe you should watch Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe that'll give you an idea of like what we're going to expect out of this. You know what I'm saying? Sure. They, uh, they, I mean, but... but- they they can make him as likable as all hell. I mean, sure. they they can make him as likable as Tony Stark's Iron Man. Yeah, but it still doesn't. You're you're trying to live down the ghost of Wolverine, mm-hmm. and, and try. That's what it is. I mean, that's all it is. It's it's a grab at like uh, how do we replace Wolverine? I hope they make him cool because Gambit is a cool motherfucking character. He's a cool ass motherfucker. He is. Even back in the 90s, dude, you cannot tell me that you did not think Gambit was cool as fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? My buddy DJ named his son Remy. There you go. <laughs> Remy LeBeau. Is it Remy Le, Is it LeBeau? How do you pronounce it? Yeah. I, I'm not going to. Correct. My, my Creole is not, like, yeah, that great. But all right. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping for the best for this fucking movie, dude. Me I'm too. I'm hoping for the best, man. I'm hoping for the best. Um, I'm hoping that fucking... Uh, 
was it Rupert Wyatt can do what he did in Planet of the uh, the Planet of the Apes that movie. I'm hoping that he can do for Gambit that he what he did for the Planet of the Apes. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think anybody could fucking make Planet of the Apes relevant again. And this yeah. guy did. Yeah. This guy did. So let's see if he can fucking do it. Man. I know. <laughs> I know. A tough man. One. It's very tough. <laughs> I can think of like I can think of many other X Men characters that are deserving of their own solo movie yeah. other than Gambit. Yeah. But when you have a name like Channing Tatum, I guess you gotta fucking roll the dice, right? Yeah, that's true. Or you gotta play your hand. If only <laughs> if only Channing Tatum loved Longshot. Oh fuck. There you go. Right there. <laughs> Brian Singer was asked at a Q&A with Yahoo Movies about the rumored Fantastic Four and X-Men crossover movie, and here's what he had to say at that Q&A. That would be a natural matchup because they're both ensemble films, and there is a natural mechanism by which to do it. It deals with time. That's all I'm going to say. He also said uh, that before people get carried away with this um, idea of a crossover, that they need to see how both movies perform. He's talking about Apocalypse and Fantastic Four. Um, you know, that's something that we've been saying here on Pop Culture Leftovers ever since they fucking announced these fucking movies. That, of course, they're going to wait and see how Fantastic Four performs before they even consider doing a fucking X-Men Fantastic Four crossover. Dave, you kind of like... When I mentioned his quote, what are you thinking about a fucking X-Men and Fantastic Four crossover? I call bullshit. Bullshit. Well, have you guys heard the rumors that uh, Brian Singer, that like that's the next movie that he's thinking about directing is the crossover film? I've heard these rumors. No, I didn't hear that shit. No, I, I, I say bullshit. I don't think it's bullshit. No, I think that that's what Fox wants to do. Yeah. I mean, I do think that that's what Fox wants to do. I do. I think this is how they're trying to sell Fantastic Four. Well, the problem is, though, is like they've got this movie, this movie that they've got coming out now, Apocalypse. It's set in what year, Dave? 1980-something? Right. What what year is the Fantastic Four movie? Exactly. Set in? Uh Present time, yeah. 2015. So what was the quote that Brian Singer used? He said that would be a natural matchup because they're both ensemble films and there's a natural mechanism by which to do it. It deals with time. That's all I'm going to say. So basically he's saying like, yeah, uh, we'd love to do these movies. Let's see how they perform in theaters, see how much money they make. Then we'll figure out a way to do some time travel to get everything matched up to where it's uh, – you've got X-Men. You've got your X-Men characters that are going to carry over, okay? Mm-hmm. You've got Cyclops. You've got your fucking Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. You've got, you know, Olivia Munn. All these characters that we're going to see in this 80s-based fucking film. How are they going to get these characters 30 years later to match up with the Fantastic Four characters? How are you going to do a crossover when your fucking two movies are set 30 years apart? <laughs> Answer me that fucking question. Brian Singer tries to do that here. He says it deals with time. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Brian Singer's doing his best, Doc Brown. You see, Marty? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But Dave, if they're going to keep these actors, 
How are they going to be able to do this? How are they? How are they? They can't show Sophie Turner, who's fucking going to be like fucking like seventeen in this movie, right? They can't show her as a forty-seven-year-old. How the fuck are they going to explain a thirty-year time travel in a fucking X-Men Fantastic Four crossover? It sounds fucking stupid. Well, after after we watch, doesn't am I fucking full of shit here? After we watch the Fantastic Four movie, we might feel differently. But at this point, I call complete bullshit on this. There, I don't know how they can combine the universes. It's the first family and the X-Men. Like, those two dynamics are vastly different. No, I, I agree. Like, in the comic books, like, the X-Men and Fantastic Four crossovers are the worst. Absolutely. But you know what? They could make it different in the, in the cinematic universe. They could make this work. In, they could find a way to make this work in the cinematic universe. <sighs> One way or another, they could find a way to make this work. What they've got working against them is the time. They've got these movies set in the X-Men First Class in the 60s, Days of Future Past set in the 70s, and Apocalypse set in the 80s. And now you're going to want to merge this with Fantastic Four, which is set in 2015? Hey, if you give me the X-Men fighting Doctor Doom, I'll go with it. (laughs) I agree, but how how are we going to get because uh, Doom is going to hack time because he's a hacker, and Hacker Man taught us that hackers can hack time. <laughs> and then Doom will be the new uh, big bad of the X Men movie. <laughs> I guess you know what you know what. As far as time travel is concerned, I guess we just should have uh, fucking Terminator Genesis director Alan Taylor fucking do uh, the uh, crossover film. And just do whatever the fuck he wants to with this movie, right, Dave? Oh yeah, because apparently you call can, him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Alan. Yeah, it's not like this guy's getting any fucking work. Well, I, I think you have to have after he fucking ruined the Terminator franchise. <laughs> I pissed all over time travel once. I'll do it again. Exactly. Fuck time travel. <laughs> I, I think. I think. I think you're gonna have the the Fantastic Four go back. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen because Reed, Richard, Reed Richards is going to figure out fucking time travel. That's a good point. So he's going to take the team look back. At, look at this motherfucker you know over what I'm here. Saying? Jay, you're a smart motherfucker. <laughs> he's quite insightful. But that, that's the only way I think you can do it. Dude, I would be down for watching Michael B. Jordan fucking back in the 80s or 90s and shit. That would be awesome as fuck. Yeah, it's probably going to be better so, than the so Fantastic Four. Are, are you our Reed Richards? Is no. Because <laughs> no. you're definitely our Human Torch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> fuck you, Ben Grimm. <laughs> I'm Invisible Woman. Thank you very much. <laughs> Empowered female. Thank you. <laughs> you can't even see me. I'm not provocative. Hey, 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 Dave, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, this is not Marvel news Rick and Morty, episode one, season two, did you watch it? I didn't get to see it, yeah Oh, man Get the fuck out of here I'm suspended That's your, okay, since you didn't my homework Since you didn't watch Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll Your homework is to watch Rick and Morty, season two, episodes one and two We'll talk about it next week You got it, man All right Moving on here with more Marvel news, we've got we have our writers for Spider-Man solo film. They are John Francis Daly. That name might not mean anything to you right now, not but yet. It, it will be in a second. And Jonathan Goldstein, the writers for Vacation, the comedy that is out in theaters right now. It's like the uh, 
the National Lampoon's your uh, vacation with yeah. uh, Chevy Chase. It's like the you know you got Edward is Ed Helms is that who it is? He's he plays Rusty and he takes his family on vacation. Shit, I'm gonna hopefully I'll see it this week or something. And just like we also uh, suspected in an interview recently with Vulture, they did confirm those two writers. They confirmed that Tom Holland will appear as Spider Man uh, in Captain America: Civil War. Whoop whoop. We all knew it. Um, all I want to know is that mole on his fucking chin confirmed, <laughs> or did they burn that fucking thing off his face? The, the, he has the money. The did, spider bit it off. <laughs> seriously, did somebody fucking gnaw that thing off his goddamn chin? Mole, 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 mole. <laughs> now I want I want to talk about the scribes, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein of this film. They also wrote. Horrible Bosses 2. Uh, so I'm sorry, Horrible Bosses 1 and 2, as well as a cloud, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, and The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. John Francis Daly, if you did not know this, Jay, this is going to blow your fucking mind. Are you okay. ready? Grab, I'm ready. Seriously, I want you to strap yourself in. I All want right. you to grab your dick. I want you, seriously, prepare yourself. Where's it at? John Francis <laughs> Daly is also an actor, and you probably remember him best. From Freaks and Geeks as a child actor, where he played the younger brother to Linda Cardellini, Sam, when he oh, was Sam. Okay. Do you remember Freaks yeah. and Geeks? Oh, absolutely. The youngest brother? Yes. yes. That is John Francis Daly. He still Holy acts shit. to this day. He's still alive? He's still alive. <laughs> and he still acts. Nice. But he's also a writer now, and him and uh, Jonathan Goldstein are kind of a duo, kind of like, you know, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah. And, and, um, I want to know, you know, I want, I know we all kind of like I don't want to talk about like oh well uh, yeah Spider Man's going to be in Civil War we all knew that was going to happen yeah it's just been confirmed by these guys these guys are going to be the scribes the writer for the uh, Sony um, Spider Man solo film I want to know your thoughts on these guys and uh, you know their past work they've done you know Incredible Burt Wonderstone I've seen that. I haven't seen the incredible, uh, the, uh, what is it? The, uh, Cloudy with the Chances of Meatballs 2, but I have seen Horrible Bosses 1 and 2. What are your guys' thoughts on these guys, uh, handling Spider-Man in the solo films with Sony? I, I for one am just kind of terrified. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen Incredible Bosses 1 and 2. I love it. Uh, I love, I, I enjoy both, both of them quite a bit. Um, but, as far as writing a Spider-Man story and, and doing this well, I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, they, they keep bringing up the John Hughes. This is going to be a John Hughes yeah, Spider-Man. I've heard that too. I've heard that too. What, what does that mean to these guys? Because I haven't seen any John Hughes in any of their any of their movies. I love John Hughes flicks. We all do. We all grew up with that shit. Yeah. Um, I, I will say. I will say that their their passion is very right on. Like they are like we are making this movie because we know it's the right thing. We know it's the right thing for us to make. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind that's kind of like reassuring. I know that their hearts are into it, um, and they've talked about making this more about Peter Parker than Spider Man. So that's also reassuring. But at the same time, as far as a track record goes. I don't. I don't see how anything that they've done equates 
to a, a Peter Parker story or a Spider-Man story. Okay, uh, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to let Dave comment after what I'm going to say. Okay. I understand what you're saying 100%, but like if you would have asked me, you know, a year ago, what do you think about the Russo brothers taking on Captain America the Winter Soldier? All right, you just fucked my world. <laughs> you did. I would have been like, uh, you're serious? Like, uh, you know, I loved Parks. I I not, not, I loved Arrested Development. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people love Parks and Rec and like the comedy that they've done on that show. Um, I would have been like I like the comedy yeah. that these guys do, but as far as like action movies, not sold. Right. Not sold. I don't know if these guys can do action movies. Well, what have we found out since Captain America Winter Soldier? That Marvel Studios, they're not ignorant. They're going to get you some of the best action choreographers that are out there, some of the best stunt actors that are out there, and they're going to make that work. Okay. They're going to show you how it's done. Okay. Okay? So I think, like, basically what – what they're doing here is they're kind of like, well, you know what? What 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 worked for Captain America: The Winter Soldier? I think we can make it work here with Sony. And I think like I don't think that these are the final writers that are going to be on Spider Man. Okay. I don't. I don't. I think like I want them to take the Harry Potter approach, and I want them to be like, okay, I want Spider Man to grow with the audience. The first Spider-Man movie, I want it to be fucking Jonathan Goldstein and uh, this uh, – what's what's his name? Uh, fucking uh, John Francis Daly. Right. I want it to be those guys and I want them to be able to take the screenplay and do what they do. Maybe for the maybe the first two, three movies. Then once, it, once he gets a little bit older, I want it to get a little bit darker. But I think like, yeah, these guys will be able to write good comedy for him. Yeah. But on the flip side, Marvel Studios are gonna—they're 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 gonna give them what they need in order to get the action sequences down. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think the Russo brothers, like, I don't think they came from like an action movie background. No. You know what I mean? Like, these aren't the guys that fucking like did John Wick. They—they—they they, they, Marvel Studios provided them with action choreographers. I think it's like they hit all the right comedy beats in, com- in uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. It's just they need a little bit of help with the with the action. I, I think I think I think I think that's what they're trying to do here. Hmm. Is they've got these two guys that they think that these guys are going to be the voice for Peter Parker, right? But on the flip side, yeah, I mean, we can dig pretty deep and we can get you some great action. Choreographers, and it's going to be a great movie. What it do you seems think it seems to be the new Marvel method. Yeah. Is that they're they're saying, okay, we're going to take some people and we're going to hire them because they're going to be out of their comfort zone. So they're going to be wanting our help. Yes. So we don't have people that are saying, no, this is the way I want it done. Even the director that they've chosen for this movie has only done like small films. Right. He's not a big director. I mean, I mean, you take Whedon, who came originally from like TV, like the guy that they got, what is his name, John Watts or whatever. Like this guy, fucking, he's done short films. He hasn't even done like Firefly or Buffy or anything. I mean, this guy's a nobody. Right. Well, when I hire somebody at the restaurant, it's one of those things that, like, yeah, you could take somebody who's got twenty years of experience, or you could take somebody 
who has experience in other areas, mm. but they're a little, they're not sure about restaurants. Mm. But I take my expertise in restaurants and, and they lean on that so I can learn from their area of expertise well, without can. dealing with the, the somewhat hubris of the, no, this is the way I want it done. You can mold them and not worry about their baggage. Bingo. I think that's the new Marvel method for the cinematic universe. I agree, and I think that they've kind of learned from that. Hmm. <laughs> hey, hey, Jay, Jay, whether or not it's going to be successful, that's up in the air. Yeah. But I think that's like I think like 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 that's what they're doing here. Okay. Yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. Whether or not this movie's going to be successful, I don't fucking know. Right. But I think that they like they're like, oh, okay, it worked with the Russo brothers. <laughs> Let's do the same thing with the Spider-Man movie. It did work. Wonders. Saying the John Hughes thing is just their attempt to tap into nostalgia. I think. Do you? It's like you, you got, you know, you're going to get warm fuzzies yeah. from people when you say, "Oh, don't worry, it'll be John Hughesy." <laughs> Who, who's going to be like, "Oh, fuck that! I hate that John Hughes bullshit." It, nobody's nobody's saying. I'm that. curious as to how Marvel Studios is is going to incorporate either Gwen Stacy. Or Mary Jane. Well, that's their. That's nobody's their, talking about that. But that's Dave. their John nobody's Hughes. About that. That's their John Hughes thing. Exactly. Right there. But which one are they going to do? My big question to you, man, is like, are they going to? Okay, Amazing Spider-Man. Um, okay, Spider-Man. The Raimi movies introduced Mary Jane. Okay. The Amazing Spider-Man. Like, you know what? We're going to take it a different route. We're going to introduce Gwen Stacy. Both characters are pivotal to the character. Marvel Studios has to introduce one or the other. Sony still is in control of the character, even though Marvel is going to be involved. They have to introduce one or the other. Who? I, my question to both of you guys is, are they going to introduce Gwen Stacy first, or are they going to introduce Mary Jane first? Go. <laughs> See, I, I, I think your premise may be flawed because – we have them tied directly together in the rampant success of Spider-Gwen, and we're seeing the the antagonistic relationship between Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy in that book. And if you enter Peter into it, then you've got a whole Betty and Veronica thing going on, which, again, is sort of John Husey. So you're thinking that both they, characters... They, they, they be- bring them both tied together. Okay, that's okay. Because basically, in the comics, it was Gwen Stacy first. Gwen Stacy died, and then Mary Jane was brought in. So you're saying they're going to totally switch everything up, and they're going to do an Archie, Betty, and Veronica thing where both characters are introduced at the same time. It's it it, it, it the, so the dynamic between the two. Hey, and- did you like Twilight? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like do do you want do you want Spider Man to be Kristen Stewart? Hmm. That's what we're getting here. It's like he gets to choose between the werewolf and the vampire, Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane. That's well, what I'm saying. Well, Gwen Stacy—it's very John Hughesy. Gwen Stacy is so beloved. Uh-huh. It would be interesting to make her the more antagonistic one of the two. I think that would be an interesting choice. Mm. She'd be maybe a little older than Peter. Mm. And, uh, Jay, 
Jay, Jay, <laughs> seriously, shut this guy up. <laughs> shut the, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I love you, Dave. I love you, Dave. Jay, talk to me, Chief. I gotta hear what you're saying before I let this guy talk. <laughs> um, I, I, I think uh, it's a fucking. It's a tough question. It's a tough question. Who the fuck? I mean, seriously, like Sony's had like fucking like 2002. Was that when fucking Spider Man came out and shit? Yeah, I'd have no, to no, look. no, or 2001. It was so, I, I mean, I mean, they were filming before the fucking, uh, unfortunately, the 9-11 thing happened. Yeah, it was, it was, it was right around 2002, 2000, was when that movie came out. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at 13 years that they've had with this character, and we've seen both love interests. Yeah. Guys, they can't fucking dodge Gwen Stacy. They can't no. dodge Mary Jane. Who are we gonna see? We got, I mean, we've been talking Tom Holland and Spider-Man joining the MCU. But we're going to see one of these love answers. You can't have Spider-Man without one of these females yeah. in the movie. Who are we going to see first, Jay? Um, are we going to see are, – are you siding with Dave? Are you saying that they're going to fucking like <laughs> – are we going to have two females going head-to-head against each other for the love, Betty, Von, Betty Veronica style, going for going for Peter Parker? I, I don't think so. I, I, think, uh, I think we're going to see Gwen first, and I think we're going to see Gwen die. And then I think we're going to see Mary Jane. I think that is exactly how it should be. And that's exactly like emotionally, like beat for beat. That is how I was brought into that character. Are you thinking like Kevin Feige? Guys, you got to think like Kevin Feige. Yeah. You got to think like Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige watched fucking Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Just like the rest of us. And he watched fucking Gwen Stacy die. Yeah. Is Kevin Feige thinking, oh yeah, eventually we're gonna have to fucking see Gwen Stacy die? Dude, these are fucking huge questions. Are we gonna have to see fucking Gwen Stacy die yet again? Yeah. Our audience is gonna have to fucking watch Gwen Stacy die. Guys, my bet is that we're gonna see Mary Jane. They're putting this Gwen Stacy bullshit to the side. The last thing that fucking audiences saw was fucking Gwen Stacy die mm-hmm. on screen. Yeah, it was heart wrenching. And I fucking teared up in the theater when I saw it. It's one of the very few parts in that movie other than him. I mean, there's some comedy shit that fucking hit me in in, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. But fucking watching Gwen Stacy die in that movie was heart-wrenching. It was tough watching her head hit the fucking ground. Yeah. I can't see them doing that again. Mary Jane will be the love interest in the MCU. When Sony introduces Spider-Man into the MCU, we are going to get Mary Jane. I'm calling it. If I'm wrong, I will eat crow. But I can't see them bringing Mary Jane back after what we saw in Amazing Spider-Man 2. I can't see them doing it. Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I guess I wasn't even thinking about that film. (laughs) (laughs) You you guys got to think about this. And Kevin Feige watched these films because he's a fan. Hmm. I can't see him doing it back to back, Jay. I can't. Yeah, but uh, well, my my biggest point on that is is that he needs a catalyst other yeah. than Uncle Ben because they're not going to do the origin story, from what I understand. That's true. I've heard that too. So Uncle Ben was the catalyst, but what? Why can't they? Why? Have- what drives him from mm-hmm. young Peter to more mature, like? 
okay, this is a world-weary kind of Peter Parker, where he's like, okay, shit hits the fan sometimes. You know what I mean? From the jokester Peter, if we're talking about maybe bringing this up from a lighter to darker point, that, what that is, is the, Gwen Stacy? Gwen Stacy would you're be right. the darkest point. And you're, you're not right. going to kill Mary Jane. You're right. You can't kill Mary Jane. You're right. I mean, maybe in this first movie they need to be like, okay, there is no love interest. Right. Okay. And 2017, when we get our first, you know, Peter Parker MCU Sony movie, there is no love interest. We are just getting to know Tom Holland as Spider-Man. And then in 2019, then they can introduce us to whoever they want to introduce us to, which could be Gwen Stacy, which would be four to five years removed from, you know, the abomination that True. was Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah. I'm not going to call it an abomination. I tasted it when I first watched it. I tasted it. But right now, you know what? Fuck it. You know, in retrospect, I'm going to I'm going to call it abomination. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. What are you thinking, Dave? You got I can see I can see some gears working. Hey, you never know. Maybe maybe they switch it- the formula all up and give us a young Felicia Hardy. You never know. Mm. Mm. I doubt it. Black Cat. Mary Jane is is so pivotal. I mean, I, like even more so than Gwen Stacy to me. Like we we grew up with Mary I, Jane. I, I liked what Sony was doing, though. I did. I liked what they were doing with Garfield. Yeah, I did. I liked the fact that they said, "Let's give him, let's give him Gwen Stacy." Right. They just did it really poorly. Exactly. <laughs> and they could do it justice. Yeah. To where it brings that character to a yeah. different place. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, fucking Marvel news. Um, moving on. Um, yeah, I think the biggest question that we have to ask ourselves, though, uh, when it all comes down to it is, is Tom Holland going to be Spider-Man? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, we can talk about like who, what, what love interest they're going to introduce, which they will introduce a love interest. You can't have Spider-Man without Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy or whatever. You got to have some, one of them. But is Tom Holland going to be Spider-Man? Is he going to be able to pull it off? Dave, I haven't seen any fucking musicals. You, <laughs> you seem to think that he is going to be Spider-Man. And you still stand behind that. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. I'm hoping that he is, man. I really am. I'm hoping that we finally... I'm hoping that the world... as You know what I mean? Like the world... I think the world can come together and say, You know what? Christopher Reeve, he was fucking Superman. Right. You know, Robert Downey Jr., that's fucking my Iron Man. Fucking Wolverine, Hugh Jackman all the fucking way. And I'm hoping that the world can come together and be like, yeah, Tom Holland, that's my fucking Spider-Man. So let's hope for the best, guys. Moving on to DC news. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Maybe I'll play that next week. I was going to play a clip, uh, or you can check it out yourself. It's called Elders React. To Batman v Superman, and they take old people, like elderly people, like you know, upper sixties and shit. Yeah, I would definitely assign people to watch it because the facials are just gold. Yeah, it's it's hard to listen to. You got to watch the facials and shit. But it's called Elders React to Batman v Superman, <laughs> and you get to watch like people like in their upper seventies and Interesting. shit. Interesting. Yeah, watching Batman v Superman trailers. Check that out. Huh. But the first bit of DC news that I want to talk to you, it comes from the rap. Uh, Chris Pine has closed the deal to play Steve Trevor. Mm. 
opposite Gal Gadot in Wonder Woman, the rap has learned. Pine joins the DC movie universe in a multi-picture deal that includes sequel options, according to insiders. A representative for Warner Brothers did not immediately respond or request for comment. Steve Trevor will be no mere love interest for Gal Gadot's Diana Prince, as there will be plenty of action to keep him busy, though plot details remain under wraps. There had been speculation that Pine was up for a role in Warner Brothers' upcoming Green Lantern Corps, and that the Wonder Woman rumors were just a smokescreen, but that particular popular fanboy theory proved to be unfounded. Patty Jenkins is directing Wonder Woman, which Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder are producing, with Charles Roven and Richard Suckle. Dick Suckle. Yeah. That's the dude's name. Look out, brother. That's real. <laughs> of Atlas Entertainment. John Fuchs. Oh, my God. These are horrible names. Dick Suckle and John Fox. A Fuku. It's, it's spelled F-U-C-H-S. Dick Suckle and John Fox wrote the script after working with Warner Brothers on Joe Wright's can. Wonder Woman will begin filming this fall. And, and guys, just guys, Wonder Woman starts filming this fall. And Justice League is going to start filming next spring. Like right after like Batman v Super comes Batman v Superman comes out, Justice League is going to start filming. Wow. Guys. So this is crazy. But um thoughts on Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. Um do you think that uh, – what are you thinking? I mean like I personally, I was like down for fucking him as Green Lantern. But on the flip side, Dave, you made a great point a few episodes ago that like he could add some real gravitas to the Steve Trevor character and he could be like a really good drawing point, a, draw, a good draw to watch Wonder Woman. You know, I kind of liken it to like Thor. Like when they got uh, Natalie Portman and they got fucking uh, Dennis, what, not Dennis Hopper, what's his name? Uh, God damn it. Fucking Odin and shit. Yeah, Odin. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> when they got uh, Anthony Hopkins and Dennis Hopper. Right. Like, you know what I Pretty mean? Pretty similar. Yeah, two. One's dead, one's still with us. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Two old guys that are real similar and yeah. shit. You know? Anthony Hopkins, he could have been like, you know what? Don't take this bus over 60. Uh, take the, don't take the bus under 60 miles per hour. It'll explode too. Anyone could have done it. It doesn't matter. You know, whatever. <laughs> Either one of those guys could have been in speed. It doesn't fucking matter, right? The prequel to The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> but but Dave, I mean, what are you thinking? Are, are you are you happy with the uh, Chris Pine uh, casting as Steve Trevor? Do you do you think that he's going to be able to? Do you think that like after this is over with, like people are going to be like, oh wow, I give a fuck about Steve Trevor now? Yeah, Tupperware all the way, man. Uh, the the Argus miniseries that starred Steve, Steve Trevor was great, and um, I think Chris Pine killed it as Kirk. So I'm really excited to see him and what he can what he can bring to the table. <laughs> Jay, talk to me, Chief. I I I I think this I think this is still a cover up. I, I mean, maybe I'm just like living in a fantasy it's, realm, dude. You're in a fantasy because it's fucking confirmed. Because I don't know, like I can't see I can't see that being a main focal point, at least in the. Uh, Early on with Wonder Woman's, Woman's character, that Steve Trevor would need to be like introduced so early. Um, well, once they find out that she's 
actually Wonder Woman through the events of Batman Superman, you know that the government's going to assign... Guys, come on. I mean, we've seen the fucking trailer for Batman v Superman. Batman clearly knows that fucking Wonder Woman is fucking Wonder Woman. Yeah. And the government's going to assign somebody to be a handler. I mean... That's going to be him. When 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 fucking Superman rips the fucking doors off the off the Batmobile, Wonder Woman's there. Yeah, Wonder Woman. I guarantee you, what's gonna happen, Dave, is fucking when he rips those fucking doors off and shit. We've already seen in the trailer that Batman is at that fucking gala event and he's dancing with Wonder Woman. They know each other. He knows who she is. They know each other, dude. And she's going to fucking show up, dude. And I guarantee you, when he rips those doors off the fucking Batmobile, I'm thinking that that's when fucking Wonder Woman's like, dude. (laughs) Don't touch him. Dude. (laughs) Dude, Superman, you you thought you could fucking take Batman out like this and shit? Yeah. Fuck you, man. And we're going to see Wonder Woman throw some fucking smack down Ronda Rousey style. <laughs> you can appreciate that, right? Absolutely. Don't you think? I mean, seriously, we're going to see fucking uh, Wonder Woman fucking throw some fucking punches at Superman in this yeah. fucking movie. It's I, gonna let's hope so. I, I think my biggest too. concern is like I don't see it necessary for her to have a love interest in this, even if it's her first solo film. I don't see it necessary to have – a love interest for Wonder Woman necessarily. He There's, doesn't. He doesn't have to be a love interest though. He no. can. He can initially be the guy assigned. Why, why can't characters have a love interest? It's natural. No, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. I'm yeah, just. Okay. I'm just saying. Like out of everybody that she knows, right. like why is it Steve Trevor Wonder right Woman off the bat? Has a vagina. I know. I know. Okay, but I he mean, can. It, he can be assigned from the government. In, no, Jay. No, Jay. I understand that. I don't want to go sex ed on you. Right. But, like, Penises and vaginas have needs. I right. don't care if you're Wonder Woman. I don't care fucking how empowered you are. A vagina wants a penis. I agree. And a penis wants mm-hmm. a vagina. Or a penis wants a penis and a vagina wants a vagina. Right. There could be some scissor in action going on. <laughs> I don't give a shit if fucking Harley Quinn and fucking Wonder Woman are doing some scissor action. Yeah. But somebody some, – genitalia needs some stimulation. True. Okay. True. Genitalia. I don't know, man. Steve Trevor to waste Chris Pine on Steve Trevor. They could have. Picked, uh, that's a okay. They could have now, picked so now many. Now you're people. hitting the root. Now you're hitting the fucking root of it. I am in total agreement. If I had my choice, if I had my choice, Dave, fucking Chris Pine. I don't care if you are Captain Kirk, bro. You're gonna be fucking. You're gonna be fucking Hal Jordan, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna be fucking Lantern. You're going to be a fucking Green Lantern, Steve man. Steve Trevor's a great character. You'll see. <sighs> dude, dude, But dude. they could have picked but they anyone. Could've, they could have chosen another actor, dude. It didn't have to be Chris Pine. Dude, dude, we've been talking about Josh Holloway. You motherfucking lost motherfuckers. Been talking about Josh Holloway ever since I started this fucking podcast. <laughs> Hard to keep him out we of the mouth. Josh Holloway is fucking Steve Trevor, right, dude? Yeah. You don't have to have him as fucking Green Arrow or you don't have to have him as whatever. You... Chris Pine, that's fucking Green Lantern. The guy dude. that's perfect for Green Lantern, yes. and you're going to waste him on a love interest. Mm. You could have used so oh, many other people. Oh, shit. Jay, <laughs> Jay is saying what everybody's thinking. Not everybody. No, 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 no. Motherfucking Jay is saying what everybody's thinking, though. The majority. The majority, Dave. The majority. The majority is that. Okay. Jay is saying 
what the majority is thinking. That Steve Trevor, the fucking, he should be, not Chris Pine. Chris Pine is is made for a, a lantern. Yeah. You want to see Chris Pine as a Green Lantern, as Hal Jordan. He's fucking Hal. <laughs> I, I think Jay is speaking for the masses. You, on the flip side, you're like, okay, I can see him as Steve Trevor, the love interest of Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Jay. I'm thinking that, you know, Chris Pine... I want to see him as Green Lantern. I'm still with you, Jay. I'm with you 100%. It would be fucking unbelievable. Um, fist pump. Yeah. Fist pump. It would be unbelievable. Like, like, like if, okay, just for the just for Warner Brothers to land Chris Pine is awesome in general. But if you were to like, be like, oh, do you want him as Green Lantern or do you want him as Steve Trevor? I am going to pick fucking Green Lantern Hal Jordan every time. Ten out of ten times. Yeah. Dave, you are a fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys can do your fan film where the Hell on Wheels guy is Batman and, and Chris Pine <laughs> is, is Green Lantern. That would have been well, a good you know choice. What? You know what? That would have been a great choice. Answer Mountain, Chris oh, Pine. No, 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 no. What the fuck are you motherfuckers so excited about fucking Ben Affleck in these fucking... Yeah. No, what the fuck are you so excited about? The motherfucker's, like, giving you three lines and, like, looked at the camera angry and shit. That's all he's fucking done, Dave. That's all he's fucking done. Okay, you've got a brooding Batman. You know what, Dave? I can look pissed off. I've been pissed off since episode fucking one of this fucking podcast. <laughs> Big fucking deal. I've been brooding since episode fucking one and you got a fucking Ben Affleck who's pissed off you know what they're probably telling him every time they shoot a scene about Ben we want you to look at your suit and then we, we, we want you to think about your shitty fucking movie that you made called Daredevil and then we, we want you to think about your failed fucking marriage with Jennifer Garner oh, and we want you to look at this fucking suit yeah of course he can fucking pull off a brooding Batman because the past ten years of his life has been fucking bullshit other than okay yeah I love I loved Argo too, and yeah. I loved the town. Those are great movies. <laughs> Gone Girl. Gone Girl was really good. Yeah. But you know what? He wasn't the best part of that movie. I'd honestly say that the female was way more empowered than him. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Tyler Perry kind of kicked ass in that movie. But you know what? He's like, kind of female. Tyler Perry? Medea. Oh, shut the <laughs> fuck up. No, honestly, like, I, I have no, I have no reason to toss Ben Affleck as Batman right now. I mean, from what I've seen from the, tail, the, the, the trailer, it, it, they've kind of, they've kind of covered up, like, a lot of, like, of, of what we can expect from Batman in that movie with, like, really cool visuals. Yeah, the scene of him running into that rubble is just, like, oh, bad yeah, yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. And it doesn't matter if it's Ben Affleck. I mean, they could have cla- they could have fucking cast Rick Moranis. That's just smart writing. It's just smart. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, they, there's nothing for me to, like, toss it at this point. I mean, I, I really have to see the movie to kind of know if I'm going to Tupperware or toss him as Batman. Um, I don't even know where we started with this conversation. You, you have to assume that Warner Brothers and Chris Pine have both heard that everybody wants him as Green Lantern. I'm not saying to take away, like, I understand that Wonder Woman needs 
or she should have a love interest that will add to the story. Yeah, even Chris Pine himself has to know that people want him as Green Lantern. So every time we see Steve Trevor, we're like, God damn it, I wish he was fucking Hal Jordan. Exactly. And then who the fuck's going to be Hal Jordan now? Yeah. <laughs> He's got to be there somewhere. That's a great point. Come on, Dave. How are hey, you man, gonna- to a whole generation. You're saying that Steve Trevor, Steve Trevor is going to be fucking cooler the fucking Green Lantern? I'm saying that they're trying to get so far away from the Green Lantern movie, and there's a whole generation of people who are like, since when is the Green Lantern white? Like, there's a ton of people who see the Green Lantern John based Stewart. on John Stewart. I know Stewart. that, Dave. That's what they're moving to. Yeah, but they're doing yeah, but Green they're Lantern Corps. The movie is called Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. So it's, you can Yeah, have, but it's going to be the John Stewart show, man. It's going to be. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the actor that they got talking about they're doing John Stewart with? The Transformers actor, Tyrese. Tyrese. Yeah. The model. Dave, I'm sorry. <laughs> the guy, the I guy like, who spends the whole Fast and Furious franchise just freaking out. <laughs> Looking I, good. I like Tyrese, but he can't hold the Green Lantern movie by himself, dude. No. Yeah, he needs Simon Boz. That's who he needs. <laughs> Who's going to... Okay, Dave, what actor are you going to get to play Muslim Simon Boz? Talk to me. What actor? Saeed. Come- Mm, yeah, he'd be all right. Be and all give right. me a Guy Gardner on top of it. No, see, Great I don't. Green Lantern. Movie. I don't. I no, they're not going to do Guy Gardner right off. I don't know. No, I don't think they're going to do Guy Gardner right off the bat. I think it's Hal Jordan all the way. That is Green Lantern. That is, I don't. I don't care. I think by the time I think that they're setting this movie up so far out, Dave. That that's why that this movie has been set for like twenty twenty. The reason it's set so far out is because it's trying to distance itself from the Ryan Reynolds film. That's why you think it's set so far out. That's why you're not getting hell. They're, they're distancing. There's no way in hell. I, I guarantee you there will be hell. They're hoping by 2020 that we forgot about <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. They're hoping, I already did. No, they're hoping that, that we fall in love with Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. Yeah, like nobody's going to remember Green Lantern after Deadpool. <laughs> it's like Deadpool's going to blow it all I can't away. argue with either of you. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Dave, you're right on so many levels. Jay, you're you're right on so many other levels. I, I think Steve... I, de- I defer to Jay. He's smarter than I am. I, I I'm not smarter. I, I just think Steve Trevor is a bullshit role, and that is not going to be what he ends up. I think it's all a scam. Even though they're saying it's confirmed. Yeah, even though they're saying it's I confirmed. Hope, dude, I'm with you. I hope it's right. I know Dave hopes that he is going to be Steve Trevor. Uh, in a way, Dave, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to complain either way. If Chris Pine is involved in uh, the DC uh, Cinematic Universe in any form, I'm going to be fucking fist pumping. Um, I will be fist pumping a little bit higher, though, if he is fucking Green Lantern. I'm going to complain. I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I just don't. God damn it. Don't waste Chris Pine as a yes! love interest. Hey, hey, all you motherfuckers that think that Jay doesn't toss shit, well, Jay's tossing the fuck out of Chris Pine. Yeah. It's fucking Steve Trevor. Toss the poop out of it, man. Or <laughs> in Green Lantern Corps, there's going to be a lot more rings, and all your little Oompa Loompas will all be given rings. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about Hal Jordan. Chris the Guardians Pine. will come out. Oompa Loompa, Green Lantern Corps. They're not stupid. They're not. <laughs> You're a dick. You're such a dick. I just think I think it'll be a stupid move. That's what I'm leaving it on. Oompa Loompa Green Lantern Corps. What right. do you do in the blackest of night? <laughs>
You will behold Green Lantern's light. God damn it. This is what I think I hate him. I love him again. All right, guys. Moving on. A little bit more DC news before we finish with Star Wars news. Ingrid Kleinig. What does that name mean to you? Ingrid Kleinig. Say nothing. I don't remember that yeah, name. Yeah, uh, Dave, what does that name mean to Sounds you? Sounds like a dominatrix. Ingrid <laughs> <laughs> Kleinig. That name probably mean, means nothing to you, and that makes 100% sense. But that is the name of uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn stunt double. Oh. And recently, Indri- Ingrid Kleinig posted a picture of a big wooden crate with the words... Ace Chemicals spray painted on that crate on her Instagram. Okay. Okay. Um, then instantly after it was posted, what happened? It was pulled. Thank you. Exactly. That's what happened. It was pulled from Instagram. Okay. What does that usually mean, guys? <laughs> that maybe it has some relevance. It was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, exactly, Dave. Oops. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. Um, this is leading people to believe that unlike Harley from the cartoon, where the character turning psychiatrist to psychopath was all psychological, that this Harley takes the new 52 approach where the Joker tosses Harley into a vat of Ace Chemicals, and she becomes Harley Quinn. So, Harleen Quinzel turns into Harley Quinn hmm. after the effects of Ace Chemicals. So, from the trailer in the movie, we've learned that it's Harley Quinn watching the trailer over and over again. We've kind of learned that it's Harley Quinn that's on that table, on the dental chair or whatever we see in that trailer. Right. Uh, that the Joker says, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. So my question to you guys is, does he use the chemical on her that turns her into Harley Quinn in this film? And we don't get like the traditional origin. We get the new 52 origin. Where it's Ace Chemicals. Well, yeah. If you're throwing, if you're throwing the character into a vat of chemicals, you're throwing the stunt double in. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I'm with you, Dave. Yeah, that does make sense. I don't I mean, want it to be true necessarily. <laughs> I mean, uh, I like the I like the psych- psychological twist. Yeah. I, I, but I honestly think that this needs to be a combination of both. I do. <laughs> I think there needs to be a combination of both. Do you think it can be done though? Yeah, well you how does how does the Joker get her into the situation she's in? Mm. Probably through some collaboration where she thinks she's falling for him yeah. and then he does what he does and turns on her. Right. Says you you know, you're not good enough, but you could be better. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then and then and then once he does that, then she's like, Yes, you've opened me up to this whole new world and next thing you know, she's like kissing him. You know what I mean? And she doesn't know why. She's just in love with him. And and next thing you know, we know. The next thing we see is him smacking her and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just an abusive relationship between those two. And that's the way it's always been. And and uh, Well, they are I, villains. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and I'm not condoning, like, oh, yeah, it's great that he's smacking her around. Right. Shit. That's horrible. But, like, that's the relationship between the two. Right. Characters. They're never portrayed as, like, uh, this is a good thing. Right. 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 
No, uh, but yeah, I will, after this episode is released, I do have the picture of the Ace Chemicals crate saved on my phone, and I will post it to our Facebook page. So hmm. definitely check it out. Here come some more warnings. Yay. I mean, <laughs> why why would uh, the Sun Double post this on her fucking Instagram? And then why would DC ask or act, uh, would why would they have it pulled instantly if this was not part of the story? Yeah, definitely the lawyers made a call. Absolutely. Whoa. <laughs> right, right. But it's Harley and not the Joker that's going to fall into the... No, okay, okay. Or okay. he's going to we, use the we, chemicals we, on yes, her. Yes, yes. In, in the New 52, if you watch, if you read the New 52, like the Suicide Squad book mm-hmm. that came out years ago that uh, had her New 52 origin, in the New 52 origin, he basically fucking threw her into the vat of Ace Chemicals. Okay. And when she came out, that's when she became Harley Quinn. Okay. She went into the vat as Harleen Quinzel. She came out as Harley Quinn. Okay. There was still that psychological psychological torment. It's not like she wasn't his psychiatrist. She was. That happened in the New 52. Yeah. But when he threw her into that, she came out as Harley Quinn. Okay. Man. Did you see the news about Jenna Malone? No. What's going on, dude? Uh, Jenna Malone is... Uh, I know she's a character. Yeah. Con- what character are they saying well, she's going to be? They're, they're saying continuing the Dark Knight Returns uh, philosophy that she's uh, most likely going to be Carrie, Carrie? Kelly. Carrie Kelly. Holy hmm. fuck. Are yep. you shitting me? Yep. That was an early rumor. Like when... That was a very early rumor that she was going to be Carrie Kelly. Mm-hmm. Well, the other possibility is Batgirl. No, no, no. The other that is the other rumor okay. is that she's Batgirl or Oracle after that. She's so been. Dave, your rumor, the suit that we see in the trailer, the fucking Robin suit, is that her suit? That's what I'm hoping. Wow. So we're all thinking it's Jason Todd and Dave. You're telling us that it. Pot quite possibly could be Carrie Kelly from yeah. fucking The Dark Knight Returns. Or she's somebody that is coming into the situation that's like a, a Wayne financial employee or something that singled herself out and has figured out, you know, put two and two together. Like, um, I know you. Yeah. I know who you are. Yeah. And she wants, she wants in and he's, no, no, no. I'm not going to do it. And she's part of the reason that he gets pushed back into it is because she also goads him into it. Wow. Hmm. I had not heard that rumor. Like, like, okay, I heard the Carrie Kelly rumor, like, right after Batman v Superman was announced. But, like, this is the first I've heard of it. Since yeah, I just that. read it last night. Wow. Are you guys ready to move on to a little bit of... Uh, Star Wars news? Yeah, let's do Star Wars. Let's do Star Wars news and we'll wrap this bitch up. You guys are be you guys are lucky to get a fucking episode this week anyway. <laughs> Aren't they, Dave? I'm lucky, you're lucky, we're all lucky. The gods! What are Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible! <laughs> Alright, guys. 
We're going to end the show on Star Wars news. I got one fucking story for you. It's a big fucking story. I want to thank Kelly Claiborne, one of our listeners, for hooking me up with this next story. It's from Cinelinks, and apparently Disney is trying to get Star Wars to Netflix. Here's what Cinelinks had to say about Star Wars to Netflix. Let's move on. To the new information I've heard from a couple individual sources now, Disney is looking to continue their partnership with Netflix for the Star Wars shows. So, guys, we've seen Disney work alongside of Netflix with Daredevil and what a success that has been. True. And people are looking forward to Jessica Jones. I mean, the fucking relationship between Disney and fucking Marvel and shit and Netflix... It's worked out so well that we're, they're talking about having a new fucking series come out every six months. Right. That's how successful it is. Like Netflix is like, yeah, I want you – seriously, I want you to stick that fucking Marvel dick in me every six fucking months. We can't go. I got to get it twice a year. It's right. that fucking That gun. Charlie Cox Cox. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Netflix – it's talking about Star Wars shows. Yes, I said shows. I've heard there's talk of potentially three different live-action shows for Netflix in much the same way Marvel has deals in place for Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, etc. Because of the extreme success of Daredevil, Netflix is working with Disney on the cheap and more than happy to continue their relationship. For Lucasfilm, this makes a lot of sense, as they want to keep the cinematic feel of the movies going with the TV shows. Netflix allows for such presentation much better than network television, while also giving them a chance to explore stories and characters which otherwise might not be a good fit somewhere else. Fuck that. That's fucking bullshit. I'm reading here, like, for Lucasfilm, this makes a lot of sense. I'm saying this makes a lot of fucking sense for Netflix. Right. Guys, Netflix gets Star Wars. That means subscriptions. Oh, yeah. If I hear Star Wars and Netflix, that means I'm getting on the internet and I'm signing up for Netflix. Makes sense for Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm is fine. <laughs> Lucasfilm doesn't need Netflix. <laughs> Netflix necessarily doesn't need Lucasfilm. True. But if I had to choose one or the other, Lucasfilm definitely needs uh, – Netflix definitely needs Lucasfilm True. over the other. While initial rumors surrounding Star Wars on TV pegged ABC or another Disney-owned channel as being the likeliest spot for a series – like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Let's look at the facts. Netflix and other online options are quickly overtaking regular TV. This year's Emmy nominations are absolutely packed with shows from non-traditional sources. And in terms of revenue, Netflix is set to overtake network TV very shortly. It's the way the world is moving, and Disney is great at keeping with current trends. They already have a great relationship with Netflix, and they intend to keep going. Look at yesterday's news about their schedule for Marvel shows. So why wouldn't they use it for Star Wars as well, especially since they already used the platform to release the final Clone Wars season? In terms of which three shows they're considering, I have no idea. Nor a time frame for when they want uh, to start introduce them. My guess would be a 2017 release. But that's a guess and nothing more. 
Uh, like I said, it's a smaller update on what's going on with live-action Star Wars TV plans, and I wish I had more information on what's uh, in store. In the meantime, some information is better than nothing, and it's nice to hear that not only are live-action st- uh, shows still being considered, but plans are starting to fall in place for them. So I'm going to ask you guys the same question that Kelly Claiborne, our listener, asked me when he sent me this message on Facebook. What would you guys want to see? On this show, what would you guys want to see the show be about? Or, or, or three shows? I, I want to. I want a Lando show. That's what I want. I like following the exploits of Lando Calrissian, gambling his way through the galaxy. I think that'd be great. Are we recasting um, Billy D. Williams, or are we bringing Billy D. back? No, you'd, you'd recast him, and okay. like you know, just. Hire hire a, a young up and coming actor that's looking to make a splash. Okay, I think it'd be great. Okay. Hmm. I I would kind of like the uh, outer rim kind of tales about people that aren't necessarily affected so much by uh, the Empire or the Rebellion. Um, kind of these outer galaxies where you know they they kind of experience it, but it's not as prevalent. As some of the other places that we've, you know, that that's already been explored in the Star Wars universe. So you take the Outer Rim galaxy. What time period is this taking place? In between what episodes? Or this is this pre episode one, or is this post episode whatever? I would say it's it's. I, I I would even say it's during the same time period as the new films would be more interesting than episode seven. Yeah. Okay. Um, and kind of explore what happens, you know, like these these beings are, you know, there's humanoids, there's aliens, but they're not affected by this thing. And the Outer Rim Galaxies were also kind of home to to uh, to the smugglers and stuff like that. So you could also explore that as that aspect of it. Um, I think that would be more interesting as a TV series rather than being incorporated into the. Galactic Empire and the the Rebellion War, mm. you know, have have these kind of outside groups, and in that way, you could introduce more interesting characters that weren't necessarily on either side. You know, that that's what I would I, I would rather see something like that. I mean, Are these you, all new characters, then? all new characters, and you would still have. I mean, you would still have good versus evil and that kind of thing. And I'm behind you, man. You I'm would, behind you 100. percent I know. mean, I'm all for all new characters. In Star Wars fucking TV shows or movies because we don't know the outcome of these characters. Yeah. Dave, are you saying Lando, a Lando show after fucking Re- uh, Return of the Jedi? No, no, like early Lando. See, I have a problem with that because we know his, you know what I mean? We know he survives. Oh, I see how what you're you saying. Make, how could you make that interesting? He's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the only reason I want yeah. more Lando stories. Yeah, maybe we if we could see uh what dude, what's uh old dude that's got the fucking like a uh, gigantic Bluetooth headset on his fucking head? <laughs> what's old Lobot? Lobot, yeah. 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 I want I want an exploration of fucking Lobot. Why is there a Lobot? Him and Lobot palling around the galaxy. <laughs> palling around, yeah. <laughs> that that's a show that I wanna see. I wanna be I want it to be like Miami Vice, but with fucking like fucking Lobot and fucking like Lando. And shit. I want it to be I would like watch that show. fucking like Miami Vice and Space, Crockett and Tubbs and shit. I'm down with that, dude. I'm I'm fucking down with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the, Dude, you could give me a whole show about an Ewok and I'd watch it. Are you I wouldn't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, 
I'm gonna go with a uh, I'm gonna go with a Jedi Academy, um, and what it's like to be trained as a Jedi, um, kind of like uh, <coughs> Full Metal Jacket meets Star Wars, mm. and um, uh, one pile. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. At first, you know, at first I was thinking like, you know, about watching like young Padawan as he leaves home and he starts to learn. But then I thought it was a little bit too much like, um, like watching young Anakin. Oh God, no. And I don't want that again. Will um, there be pod racing? But I do want to see young Padawans like learn how to use their lightsaber for the first time. I want to see them be trained in the ways of the force for the first time. Uh, I'm not talking about like you know Harry Potter being set in the Star Wars universe either. Um, I'm just talking about like I want to see a Jedi school and what makes that different from any school that audiences have have ever seen before. Right. And um, so I'm not sure how they want to go about this because you know, like I said, like Anakin Skywalker, how he was portrayed in Episode One, I wasn't digging it, and so maybe they should like. Instead of, like, uh, the main character be, like, one of the students, it should be one of the teachers in the Jedi Academy. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a thought. Sounds good. Um, I also wanted to wish happy birthday to Harry Potter. Oh. Harry Potter um, turned 35. Nice. According to uh, J.K. Rowling on July 31st, uh, Harry Potter was born uh, officially uh, July 31st, 1980. Okay. So uh, Harry Potter turns uh, 35. Congratulations. So Welcome birthday. to your mid-30s. Harry Potter. I wish Jake was here. Um, maybe next week I'll read. Uh, there's 12, uh, 12 um, things that you didn't know about Harry Potter that J.K. Rowling has since revealed you know, through Twitter or mm. interviews about the character. we got to do a trivia face-off between me and Jay over Harry Potter trivia. That'd between be awesome. You Jake? Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay. <laughs> I'll look for some fucking Harry Potter trivia. I'll have you guys go head to head, maybe. Toe to toe. Not next week, but maybe because next week's one of two. Maybe one of three. That'll be maybe great. One, you got to remind me, man. Because Jake's a beast on that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Wicked retarded. Hey, this is episode one hundred and one. The episode that some people didn't think they were going to get, but now it's over. Yeah, you it's got behind it. Behind us, you got You're it. You're stuck with it. Yeah. And I still got emails to read next yeah, week. Yeah. Goddamn it. Yeah, and then we're going to talk about uh, fan- holy shit, guys! We're going to be talking about Fantastic Four, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four movie. Finally, Michael B. Jordan, fucking uh, Michael B. Jordan, Miles Teller, Kate Mara, and fucking uh, what's what, what's fucking uh, Ben Grimm's name? What's that? What's that actor's name? Fucking, I don't, dude, I don't even, I don't remember the dude's name. <laughs> I'm so excited about it, I don't even remember. It slipped your mind? Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea who he yeah. is. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't even wear pants, I'm not that curious what your name is. All right, but this is uh, this is uh, episode. Oh my god, episode 101. 101. God, I hope. Do you think people are gonna like this episode? Do you think they're gonna be like, they're gonna be like, oh my god, you know, like they jumped the shark, NATO. Do you think you think so? You think we jumped the shark? No. This episode? No. No, we talked about the shark, NATO, baby. I know, but is that part of jumping the shark? <laughs> no, it's about killing the sharks with lightsabers. That's what it's no. about. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't give a fuck if you like us. Yeah. Fuck you. If, if you don't. <laughs> Whoa. It's real. No! If you don't fucking like us after this, 
I gave you everything last week. Yeah. I kissed your ass last week. Gave your all. You did. But did I give my all this week, Jay? I mean, I already fucking admitted that I fucking, like, you know, like I fucking slapped this episode together. And yeah, stuff. well, no, I don't think that's the case. No. I really tried. I know you did, man. <laughs> I, know. I wanted to give him a good episode. <laughs> you gave him a good episode. It was a good episode. Yeah. Don't worry, listeners. I love you. Damn it. Don't worry, listeners. Dave will be your showrunner eventually. <laughs> it's coming. Dave, I'm sorry. Did I ruin your comic book corner? No, it was great. Did I destroy it? No, it was awesome. No, I felt like I pissed all over it like you pissed all over it. No, me. it was like it was like American Gladiator edition of Comic Book Corner. I felt I felt like the uh What, the- did I shoot tennis balls all over your fucking comic <laughs> corner? I don't understand. It's like doom, 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 doom. powerful man. Hawk. Was that one of the guys? I felt like I was in the American Ninja Warrior version of the comic book corner. Dude, I fucking used to love like old school fucking Amer uh fucking Ninja Warrior before it became like American Ninja Warrior. I like the old school Ninja Warrior. It was that much was better. Dope as fuck. I agree. Hey, um, any last words before I end this fucking piece of shit? No. And I drive home. I got fucking. It's fucking like ten o'clock, and I got to drive an hour and a half home. Yeah, I've been drinking and shit. <laughs> I got to say hi to Michelle Trink. Allegedly, what's up, Michelle Trink? <laughs> Michelle Trink. Yep. She's a listener. She's a listener. Yep. What's up with her, dude? She's like <laughs> a steampunk cosplaying badass. Hey, Michelle. Explain, um, explain steampunk to me sometime. Yeah. Like I, I kind of get it. Oh, she she wanted me to correct you that uh, Mad Max is diesel punk and not steampunk. Diesel punk. Yes. Did I say it was steampunk? You did. Steampunk technology is like is technology that happened before the the flood, right? I'm supposed to tell you guys that you're epic. Who said that, Michelle? I wasn't getting a text during recording or anything. <laughs> oh. Dude, no. Like, if, if you're not getting a text during recording, you're doing everything else during recording. <laughs> like, you're fucking, like, packing up your fucking comic book. I got to stay awake. <laughs> trying to stay awake during recording. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you got episode 101. Suck it. The week after, like, I wanted to take this week off. Like, you had no fucking idea how much I wanted to take this week off. I gig. I know. Jay didn't. Right. Jay was like, I'm so glad that I'm getting episode 101. That's like, let's do this. Come on, man. Come on. (laughs) Jay wanted to do it because it's not like you haven't been here for 50 fucking episodes. I'm so fresh. (laughs) <laughs> I've been doing this nonstop like a motherfucker. Yeah, it's like seriously, no, seriously. I feel like fucking like Cinderella. Like I've been scrubbing floors for fucking like fifty fucking years and shit, and haven't gotten a break. Even the fucking week that they got the lost episode, I was still here fucking recording with you motherfuckers. Even though nobody got the, can you believe that? Seriously, think about that. Like we fucking recorded like five six hours. Nobody got to hear anything we said, but I was still fucking here. Yeah, that's not their fault. <laughs> I know, I know, Dave. I'm not blaming them, Dave. I'm just saying it'd be nice to have a week off. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. Entertain me. Yeah. Give me entertainment. And that's what you do. I know. These people, they're glutton for punishment. Obviously. I love them. I love them, though. 
I love them all. I'm not gonna, no, I'm not gonna go into that fucking whole like, oh, I love you, thank you so much, thank you so much, and start crying and shit like your ass last week. (laughs) Fucking, uh. I'm all cried out, man. Yeah. I'm all pits and vinegar this week. No more tears. Here is my play. It is called David the Crying Vagina. David. (laughs) Stars Chris Pine. Stars Chris Pine, (laughs) Steve Trevor. Another waste. Whatever. I'm going to end the show. Thank you for listening. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thanks for listening. Uh, how does, I don't even know how thanks it goes anymore. Your thanks for your patronage. And uh, whatever. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah, eat See it. You next week. Second day. Eat that shit later. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Did I, I suck a dick. That might be good for some people. I like that. Yeah. Some people are like, I like... I, I like the suck yeah, like why not? once in a while. These guys, <laughs> guys get me. Yeah, sure. These guys get me. <laughs> I was on the fence. I was on the fence. <laughs> they told me to suck a dick. It's all good. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's comforting. Yeah. To some people. <laughs> Dude, whatever. If that's your thing, I'm, I'm down with it. Right. Whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. Right? It's cool, man. Yeah. Hey, Dave, do you have any fucked up uh, comic book corner bullshit you want to end this on? Any more fucked up comic books that you want to talk about? Well, uh, Avengers versus, uh, let's see, the Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies. Guess what, everybody? They're teaming up. <sighs> it's going to be great. Avengers Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies? Yeah, in issue two, they make a pact to team up and destroy Battleworld. I hate it. No, actually, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm tossing it. I'm intrigued. (laughs) Good shit. Color me intrigued. All right, guys. um, I'm drunk. I'll see you next week. Drunk, too. Are you drunk? Take it easy. And I'm sober. God damn it. Trying to be better than this. (laughs) It's okay, Reed. I love you. (laughs) Dude, last week was so awesome. Yeah, it was. It was an awesome episode. Yeah. This was a good episode. Absolutely. How do you top that? I mean, come on. How do you top last episode? You, you don't. It's too much pressure, goddammit. No, can't. without our listeners, we can't top it. No. You can't. Like, okay, hey, uh, Dave. Okay. Who would you book for next season? Next fucking episode 200. What listener would you have? Come on. Come on. Give me the obvious answer. Just say it. Oh, Chelsea. There you go. Chelsea, what the fuck? My favorite. You got to join us. I already mentioned, like, earlier on in the episode, I talked about my favorite listener, Ernesto, and I was talking about your favorite listener. Like, I was talking about, like, how, like, Ernesto, when he heard, like, he was my favorite listener, like, how elated he must have been uh, to hear that he was my favorite listener. He was like, of course. No, he was like, (laughs) oh, my God, I can't believe that I am Brian's favorite listener. And then the disappointment that Chelsea must have had when she heard <laughs> that you were her favorite listener. I'm, I'm sorry for hurting you, Chelsea. <laughs> but I was talking about like if like like Jake could pick his favorite listeners, Frank and Jay and myself and you could pick our like favorite two listeners, how they would perform against each other in a Hunger Games scenario. Uh, Chelsea met Scott Snyder this week. What did Ernesto do? You know what? Ernesto... Is eating Chelsea's heart. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> he is he ripped her heart out of her fucking chest. Oh and he's God. eating I'm that so fucking sorry, thing. Chelsea. He's eating you know what? He's taking he's taking sage, which is one of my favorite spices, and he's pouring it on fucking Chelsea's heart and he's eating that fucking shit right now. Yeah. And he's screaming like Arnold Schwarzenegger did in Predator. Ah. And he's like <laughs> and he's fucking eating Chelsea's heart. How do you like that? Dude? I'll miss you, Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> I will avenge you. <laughs> All right, it's 10, man. I gotta go. I gotta go too. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, like, leftovers, doggy bags, fuck off. Eat it. See ya. Suck it later. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it. Eat. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before And we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and taste Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And we're the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Podcasts that are original and good Have already been done before So we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft The crap Even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover, counterculture pushovers, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Hello, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, blah, blah, blah. Hey, everybody, what's happening out there? Hey, how are you guys doing today? Time for the show. Part two, recording sound stuff. Take it up a little bit. All right, hello, how about that? Your voice, just... Oh, okay, all right. Bring it up a little bit. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you fucking know it, that's what I'm going to fucking come up with. (laughs)